0: episode two of the glia international the uh side project of the no fugazi podcast where uh i take aim at the degenerative workers podcasts all across the globe um i don't really know what that means i didn't know what it meant the first time i said it but we're we're going with that so um today i have a bit of a special treat um nina is not here that's not the special treat we love nina Um, But today we're talking about video games, and she didn't want to talk about video games. So instead, um, the guest on today's pod is a very good friend of mine, uh, Mr. Trevor Strunk, who is the uh, head of the No Cartridge Podcast project um, and has done several um, terrific uh, side projects uh, related to that, um, which I've been a big fan of for many years. And so I've been trying to get him on to talk video games from a leftist perspective for a while, and we're finally doing it. So Trevor, uh, thank you for being here. How are you doing today?
1: Well, I'm doing pretty well, Nick. Uh, Good to be here. Uh, Thank you for finally paying my retainer. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's no joke, but if you add up the amount of uh, Patreon pledges (laughs) I've given you, it's... Yeah, you've already paid my retainer at this point. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, I, I, I... I feel so bad if I ever accidentally look back at um <laughs> look back at like what someone's paid me over the years. I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> well, hey, no no one deserves this life. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, thank you. Um it's good to be here. I'm I'm glad we were finally able to make it work. Uh I do want to ask you before we start the actual show, because it's sure. gonna seem like a Ridiculous non sequitur later. Uh, how did you come to? And and pardon me if you have said this on another episode and I missed that one. But how did you come to decide on pronouncing it Fugazi instead of Fugazi?
0: I've n- never heard it pronounced Fugazi in my life, so that wasn't wow. really an issue. Okay. um if, I believe that's
1: how the band Fugazi says it.
0: So that's the thing. People assume that we got the name from the band. I assumed not.
1: it was, like, the the idea, the Italian word for fake.
0: Well, so it is. It is, yes. but uh, people think we kind of approach it from the band. I've never listened to the band. I would have absolutely no idea it existed without people telling me. No, no. Um, the inspiration came from me watching the movie Donnie Brasco.
1: Ah, uh, yes, they do the say team... Fugazi in that. You're yes. right. Yes.
0: So, um, and... Regular listeners will know and congratulations Trevor you just outed yourself someone who has never listened to my podcast how dare no! you No um we play
1: the clip as an intro so Oh no 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 you're right okay see but like so like but the question <laughs> the question is more about the question's more about like I I always thought there was like sort of a like a a controversy in the way that like um I'm trying to think of a good word for this um well that's not a, how you say that word. Uh oh a uh, gauche. The word gauche. Um Yeah, or gauche, I think. Or, yeah, I have th- heard I've heard people say like yeah, gauche and gauche. Yeah. Um or like um yeah, like words that like don't actually have like an agreed upon pronunciation. I always thought Fugazi or Fugazi was one of those. I, it probably um, now I that I'm I'm talking about the the controversy between uh post punk fans <laughs> and um <laughs> And and like made men and honestly, right in that framed that way, I can't blame you for picking that side. That's um, well, and and again, so our, it would ally there.
0: It would be very weird if we played a clip of of Johnny Depp and Al Pacino saying Fugazi, and then we started. and We were like, "Welcome to no Fugazi," and it'd be like, "Okay, yes, what? that too." Okay,
1: <laughs> that makes so. total sense. Even if you had heard both of them. Right. Yes, okay. All right, right. right. I'm so
0: anyway, um so this is a video game podcast, is what it's gonna be, in spite of that diversion there. It's gonna be um, a mob movie podcast. But that's okay. That's okay, but that's the point of the Glia International. It's it's permanent revolution, so you don't even know what podcast you're getting when you tune into the podcast, <laughs> is how that works. Um, we don't have we don't we don't have the central central Soviet coming in here and telling us to stay on tap stay on top yeah any yeah. of that stuff so anyway so like I said this is this is the video game podcast and you're probably wondering okay so what about video games well um, they're bad and you should stop playing no I'm just kidding what the uh, <laughs> um, one thing that's really so the I I've, I've been a big gamer for quite a bit of time and obviously Trevor has as well. And there's been a lot of interesting things happening um in terms of how um the medium has developed as an art form, um, basically from, you know, the nineties when things were very simple and you didn't really have a lot of narratives and games because you were working with eight and six bit, sixteen bits. You know, now to the point where um games have these very long like very um professionally done narratives um you know kojima games play like mini or movies and and yeah. and have all of the gravitas and drama and all of that stuff that and you know a, a mini series or a prestige drama might have um which of course um opens the medium up to this kind of analysis where you're kind of looking at the the messages that are being sent and, and what people are taking away and are, are in its position to analyze it in a sense of, um, <clears throat> you know, this – I mean, this is the No Fugazi podcast. This is about deconstructing media narratives and manufacturing consent. Um, so basically, you know, let's talk about the way – what I want to talk about is the way that games – manufacture consent or maybe don't manufacture consent and who's doing the consent manufacturing and all of that good stuff um
1: you know it's funny because uh so i don't i'm not saying this to plug myself i i, I no, please, please please if yourself. we do that there'll be a there'll be a time and a place um i know i know how plugs work uh um, <laughs> but that's one of the things that i've learned uh but no like uh, so I wrote a book recently that's uh, coming out in November called Story Mode. And one of the things about the book is it deals with – and I I don't actually use this term in the book, I'll, I'll admit. But like one of the things the book kind of does deal with is the idea of um, manufacturing consent where like um, – you know and, and consent for different things and, and sort of like – I guess this is why I didn't use it. It's not like a, a top-down thing every single time because one of the things that I think video games often um, – uh i don't know if it's always a bad thing it's not always a good thing i know that um but video games and video game creators will often sort of um acquiesce let's say to uh to their their audience and and do Mm -hmm. things that their audience wants because they are a a a commercial medium and they want to sell sell copies of the game like that that is just kind of a reality you know can't can't fight Sebi hall on that one um, especially with AAA games but it's funny because like you mentioned mentioned kojima games like Sort of my thesis on, on Kojima was one of my most work, well worked out ones, which is like Kojima starts off telling a story he wants to tell and then basically hijacks that story because like no one liked his – no one liked <laughs> how he put his money where his mouth was in – uh Metal Gear Solid Two, and he changed to uh, Raiden instead of instead of Snake for most of that game. Right. And so like we we get a we get a total a total change in Metal Gear Solid Three because everyone was like I didn't like this I didn't like that I uh, I had to play this like this kind of like more you know less like traditionally macho guy who doubted himself. Whereas where's Solid Snake like where's where's my guy right? Um, right. And and to me that was like a moment where you know like. I don't, I we don't have to get into metal gear, but like that was a moment where people said something that Kojima heard and he decided, yes, okay, I don't need to tell the story that I was telling before. I'm going to tell this different story. And the story ended up being a, a less interesting story. Um, it's a more sort of a standard story that we hear a lot in America of like the, and end of Japan, of course, too, a very sort of a history, a country with a very serious martial, um, uh, history. Um, but like, it's a story we hear a lot where it's like, yeah, you know, um, these, uh, these, these brave, um, these brave people who, uh, you know, fight in war and, and sort of like go to war for our sakes. Like they, they themselves are um, sort of trapped in the space of not truly being heroes. And, and what can we make of them? They're such flawed individuals, but like also, you know, heroic and, you know it's fine it's not bad but it's not interesting in a um it's not interesting in a way that shakes anyone up right right and um, i think
0: and I, I, I and i think you hit the nail on the head when you say that that storyline isn't necessarily interesting and i i don't think it's uninteresting in the sense that like, you
1: can't make a compelling storyline around that because you you definitely yeah, can and they're great games like oh, that's the other thing like they're fun right yeah. and they're interesting to play and i like i like i like the plots in the later metal gears they're fun to Right. Yeah, you know, they're fun movies, basically, yeah.
0: But I've watched, like, I've watched war movies that kind of have that, like, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Flags of Our Fathers. Um, I have not. By Clint Eastwood, but it's a very, it's a very, like, deconstructive war movie in the sense that it focuses on these um, people who, after fighting on Iwo Jima, like, were just, like, chewed up and spit out by the, um, by the American propaganda machine, Um to sell war bonds to finish off the war, and how like sure. virtually all of them had like really shitty lives as a result um and it's a and it's a very good movie it's a very compelling movie, but it's also when you when you get to like you said in the video game context, I think it 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 trods on well worn ground um mm-hmm. you know as far as Kojima goes, I think by far the most interesting game he's done is death stranding um which plays on themes that are just so totally different and go in a completely different
1: direction. Um, yep, and and honestly, the the themes of Death Stranding work because, and and this is this is going to sound dismissive, and I, an editor, um, I've I've told this story before, but an editor at EGM when that was still a going concern, I did the review for, um. I did the review for Death Stranding, and this this was my like essential critique of it. And an editor an editor got mad at me and said I didn't earn this like this level of criticism. (laughs) I I, they ended up keeping it in. Like the other editor overruled him, so like that's fine. Um, but like uh, so so thanks for that uh other editor. Um, but um, like the you know the the thing with Death Stranding is the the themes itself, like the theme that is in the story, are just like, I mean. I don't, I don't know. Like maybe, maybe there are some huge Death Stranding story heads uh, listening. Maybe Nick, you are one of them, but like, <laughs> I don't, I don't think a lot of people care that much about the story in Death Stranding. Like I did. Uh,
0: of- I'm, I guess I'm, I'm out there, but I did. Well, I so thought did it was you, great. But
1: like, what, so I liked the story, but what about the ending? Like, did you like, so there's the ending where so honest, Die Hard Man I, gives like that impassioned speech. Did that get to you? I think I think so but only because I was so
0: along for the ride and I think this is sure. this is going to um transition well to our next topic. Um but I think because the because the world was done so well and you get so hooked in what happens to Cliff Unger and um and the characters who are stuck in this world like in in yeah. all of your companions of sorts um by the time I got to got to the end of it, you know, I was so in the bag for everything. It, I was like, Yeah, die Hardman, he's he's gonna you know, he's 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 got a new lease on um rebuilding the world and like I'm here for it. If I'm looking yeah, I back guess, like, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, like, I, I mean probably it is... would if I were to play it again I would probably reassess it differently. But I, I was... Well and
1: it's it's the benefit of, of doing this like within like within the context of like looking at it after the fact of being like <laughs> that didn't affect me that much, but then like when you're in the middle of the game, I mean, this is this is true of a lot of media and and a lot of media that manufactures consent in the way that uh, it is is it is well, this is this is gonna out me, but is it Chomsky who does manufacturing consent or is that well, it's, McLuhan? It's, it's Chomsky and Prime Parenti. Oh it's Chomsky and Parenti okay. Oh. Um I for some reason Parenti did not cross my mind but I thought it might be I thought it was either Chomsky Klein or uh, McLuhan probably not McLuhan but you never know a lot of a lot of stuff ends up being Marshall McLuhan. Um <laughs> great great comedy song if anyone has the uh, interest in looking it up by a band I think they go by The Vestibules now but they used to be Radio Free Vestibule they were they they are or were a Canadian um a Canadian comedy group and they have a great song. Uh, that's like a country song, uh, called, uh, Marshall McLuhan. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about, uh, Marshall McLuhan, but like, it frames him as like an old West sheriff, like Marshall. Uh, and so like, you know, like an old man, like uh, you know, a man comes into town and says, Marshall, I disagree with your idea that like, you know, nominative determinism determines a sense of like, <laughs> uh, you know, this goes through a whole thing and then Marshall shot him. Uh, <laughs> Very good song, you definitely fit up. But the yeah, I think like, you know, the the end of the end of Death Stranding is to me like the, the limitation of it, which is that like the end just basically ends up being like, Yeah, okay, like we'll definitely rebuild the liberal ideal this time around. <laughs> right. like, don't you worry. Um but Death Stranding's so cool because like the actual um gameplay in it is like very different and very divergent from you know, a typical game in such a way that like it encourages you to it does encourage you to kind of I don't know, like I don't want to I don't want to say like it encourages you to think differently, but like it encourages you to approach the world differently, certainly. Um, And so as a result, I think like it's almost impossible to suggest that it doesn't do something kind of like different and interesting um, because like the idea of just like delivering mail the whole game is so well, what I really really utterly
0: weird. Right. What I like about it is it, it 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 it's it goes in a completely different direction that most games will go because you're not you're not a soldier you're not a cop um, mm-hmm. you're not anything you're a delivery driver and I mean what I mean what you got to go back to like Paperboy on NES to go to a game <laughs> where the central the central gaming Hook is delivering things, but certainly it's
1: certainly a, a mainstream game, yes.
0: It does it does it in a way that kind of forces you to to reassess kind of what your conception of like what a world is and like what it means to, um, totally to have a society and what things you need, and so That's you know the Joker. I would have been pretty much, um. It could the Joker exist in in Death Stranding. I, I don't know if <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't
1: think the Joker would have the. I don't think he the could Resources be, that the Joker needs. I don't um. think
0: he could because there is. We don't live in a society. Is kind of. Is kind of the thrust. Well,
1: got, yeah, you're right. That is kind of the point of Death Stranding, isn't it? Like, like Higgs is we, Higgs we, is kind we, of
0: like trying to be the Joker, but it's like you're not the Joker because
1: you don't live in a society. Yeah, Higgs. I'm sorry. Every, you just wanted a pizza. Like basically. <laughs> <laughs> I will say so so that's something actually that I can say very nice about Death Stranding and I think it's I think it's wonderful. Like I think the I think that the extra Higgs content. Did you play you, you, yeah. did you play like and get to like the extra oh, yeah. stuff at the end with Higgs? Yep. yep. Okay, yeah. The extra Higgs content is great. Like mm-hmm. it's so good and so smart. Like like the idea that Higgs is just like Higgs is this weird guy making you do all these deliveries and he's like, Yeah, I just like I kind of wanted to see you do these deliveries like it's 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 sort of funny to me because like ultimately at the end even the twisted like arch villain is still kind of just stuck in this world where he is beholden to this idea of connection and connectivity and and like you know getting some goods through Mm -hmm. um and that's so much smarter than like a lot of games that are like yeah he was just crazy Like, he was just the Joker. He was the dark side of us all. Like, Higgs is just, like, at at core, Higgs is just, like, a guy who, like, goes a little wacky because he's... He's playing a role that
0: he feels like is his role in the same way that Sam is playing the role that he thinks is his role. Like, Sam, throughout the whole game, is, like, completely resigned to the fact that, like, well, I guess I gotta be... I guess I got to be the porter for Bridges because my name is literally Sam Porter Bridges. Like, what the <laughs> right. fuck else no, am I gonna do? Good point. Yeah, it, know, is, it is like everyone. Kind of everyone so. has these names. Every everyone has these has these uh, names that are so on the nose. You know, it's like uh, hi. My name is Fragile. I, uh, I my thing is that I had to stand in the rain and it 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 ruined my skin. So, um, Fragile. Like, yeah, I'm kind of fragile.
2: yeah, <laughs> the
1: thing is like. I'm not sturdy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, no, it's true. And like and like Kojima Kojima more than in any game is willing to make fun of himself with that stuff where it's like Sam Porter Bridges and people are just like people will literally be like is your name really Sam Bridges? Like why? And, <laughs> and you're, and you're a like, Porter? Yeah, and your middle name is Porter? But yeah, I think like I think I think ultimately if... that game is Oh good.
0: Uh, by the way. I uh, just like to announce: I'm changing my name to Nick Lawyer Podcaster. So, <laughs> wow. So you're, just,
1: you're, you're Nick Justice Man. Just, <laughs> just, Justice Man Connection. That's right. So, uh, but yeah, no. I was like, I think, I think the last thing I'll say, and, and to bridge to our main topic, uh, or to help you bridge, because I know what the main topic is, even if the audience doesn't. Right. Um. That's my. That's like. That's like being in the video game. Uh. Right. No, I think like the thing. The thing to note, like, about Death Stranding and why it's interesting is because it doesn't rely on a you said this earlier but I just like I feel it's worth repeating like it doesn't rely on a super basic idea of like what counts as a protagonist. So as a result, right. you get like this kind of off-kilter protagonist in an off-kilter game. Like it, the 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 function of the game, like the way you play it is kind of weird. Um it's not Combat exists, but it's certainly not privilege. Not only is it um,
0: privilege, it game punishes you for doing anything. Like if you kill, if you kill someone in Death Stranding, you have to incinerate their body immediately, or uh, basically yeah. a cataclysmic explosion will tear apart the environment. Right, um, and it's
1: not punish. It's not punishment from a moral sense. It's not like oh, you can't do that because it's wrong. It's like you can't do that because you'll die.
0: Right, that's just what happens when dead bodies don't get incinerated. So like right. it's not that, yeah, you're not, they're not judging you for, if you want, if you're willing to take the time to incinerate bodies and fucking go for it, there's incinerators yeah, go to do you can it. Kill whoever you want. But, but uh, it's just, it's just, that's what's going to happen. So, right. and I think what, and, and this is the transition from where we're going to
1: talk later is Death
0: Stranding. What I think is
1: so, my master podcasters at work here. Exactly.
0: Love these transitions here. Um, Death Stranding more than any other game is a role playing game where the game happens around you where the protagonist is not really the protagonist of the reality of the most of the doing in that game is done by everybody else and Sam really is just a guy who is delivering packages and things happen around him. and he and he does an important function, and, and and he has he's you know the best porter, so what he's doing has to be done by him. And there's a boss battle at the end, which is, I mean, it's super like the actual fight with Higgs. I feel like is entirely superfluous and it's just oh, there sure. because no one remembers game... that.
1: I mean, honestly, like I would say that and the um, <laughs> like it's a little rude to say so because I mean it's not it's not fair because like the acting I think is pretty good. I think the guy who played. I think most of the acting in the game is decent. Um, I'm not so convinced by, um, the performance of the president. Um, oddly, I think the same person who plays the president playing your sister does a better job, but, um, yeah, yeah, that's fine. But, um, but like, yeah, I, I think like, I don't, in the same way that I don't think Die Hard man speech is all that memorable for all of the storm and storm and drawing around it. Um, I also don't think like the boss fight is particularly memorable. The first Higgs boss fight is fairly memorable. Yeah, um, it is. But once but like you the others, at
0: the end of no. it it's just kind of like, well, I got to beat this guy to advance the story, but like it doesn't do anything for the the, the themes that no, Kojima it, it, really wants to wants to deliver and it's just
1: there because that's what games like that are supposed to have. Yeah, because at that point, like and, – and this is another part of, like, how Kojima kind of undercuts himself in this game, which is why it's interesting. Like, at that point, the the sort of arc of Higgs' character is decided. Like, you can't right. do anything to hurt or help him at that point. It, it's purely just a spite fight. And so, like, yeah, I think you're right. Like, Sam's a conduit. If you're role-playing anything in this world, you're role-playing and, – and what you get to decide is – fleshed out or not fleshed out like you get to role play the sense of connectivity that exists in the mm-hmm. world itself right like yeah. you get to build the roads or not build the roads you get to you know deliver the packages or not deliver the packages that 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 ends up being your your um i don't know your agency as a player
0: mm-hmm. so to transition from that to the game that probably has you doing the most of any game that i can think of Um, is the Mass Effect series. And I really... Actually, so this is the main topic because this is what I really wanted to talk about in the terms of a game kind of manufacturing consent in the way of game design kind of forcing you into a role that I think is... Meant to. I don't know if it's consciously or unconsciously. I, I tend to think unconsciously because I don't think the story writers of Mass Effect necessarily were setting out to be like we're going to um, we're going to apologize for militarism. Um,
2: no, even probably though, not. even <laughs> though I
0: think there's a lot of positive. There's a lot of you know positive. The, the, you know the way they portray like the Earth military is very positive. But I think it's. It, 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 I don't necessarily think there's anything like to. In in the sense of like manufacturing consent so much is just like we want to focus on every other story we're telling, so we just want to have like the Earth military to just be normal, like good guy Earth stuff, just so that it's not really a focal point, which
1: is yeah. No, I think I think I think honestly, like the way that Mass Effect, the way that Mass Effect handles um handles the Earth military is basically just like yeah, look like. You can only you can only describe the Earth military as bad if you're willing to tell like a super long story about why. Um right. Like you in in American media, you can't ever say that the military is bad unless you're willing to tell like an epic tale of why the military is bad. Right. Unless
0: you're unless you're willing to yeah unless you're willing to make that the focal point like like yeah right. American military can never just be or um, it is the American military I mean everyone. Oh, yeah. The, the, mass, the, still, yeah. the, the system, system of the system ever, Alliance Navy is there. run by is led by a guy named Stephen Hackett. And your like main commander is named David Anderson. And I know he was technically born in London, but he doesn't even have a British accent. No, because it's played by and all, Keith and David. all the
1: aliens also have like American accents for the most part, except like Tali. Right. It's like, all right, fine. Well, like, what I, I guess... like
0: about what I like about what what I like about a, a, Cap, a, Ad, Captain and Admiral Anderson is he's played by keith david who literally did commercials for the actual navy like very famous commercials that he did uh for Fabulous the actual actor, absolutely and we love keith david but um so <laughs> keith david you are canceled. <laughs> <laughs> i would never i would never dream of, of canceling keith david um so it, but yeah so it's it's you could never have, I don't think you could ever, and this is a side point, but I don't think you could ever have a, a story where, like, the American military is just, like, bad on background. You're either going to deal with it or you're just going to put it aside. So I respect yep. I respect the idea of the fact that the mass writers said, look, we don't really have anything we feel like saying about American or Earth militarism and human militarism like we want to talk we want to build a world we want to talk about aliens we want to tell stories that way, so that's what we're gonna focus on, and that's fine, and I get it. I think they do a tremendous job I mean, I love the series when i you know the legendary edition recently came out I bought it, I've probably played like two hundred hours of it i've yeah. played through it like four times um just a huge fan um but what i thought, found was really interesting is to 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 give the listener, a little backdrop for the parts that if they haven't played it, what I think are important for this discussion is, so you, you play, uh, you play a commander shepherd. Um, the first name is whatever you want to put in there and you can change the gender. And, um, uh, but the second name of course is Christ. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you play as you, you, play as a commander in this like earth systems Alliance, uh, human Navy, um and you're essentially a space marine um, because you're on a frigate and everything you don't do any space battles like you're it's it's not like tie fighter like you're, you're right. la- you land and then you do um you're then you're a marine but what I think is interesting is you start the game as this military person you're part of a navy and but very early on in the game you get chosen by the kind of the overall intergalactic um well, not intergalactic but the galactic like interspecies like global government universal government um this council of racists none of which which at the start of the game are not even human it's all different aliens and they pick you for what they call a specter which um essentially is a super cop of the galaxy like you're you're not military at that point The specters typically are military figures, but they're not like they're people that get plucked out of a military to be like, okay, now you're going to serve as essentially a cop and a spy and a commando all at once. But the central role is law enforcement. Like, that's that's that you're meant to literally be a super cop. Like, that's there's no other. Right. They, there's there's no other because you're essentially saying it's it's essentially this council saying every once in a while we need things done to keep things the way we want and we can't rely on military or law enforcement structures so we need to have this extra guy who answers only to us that carries out our will um, and the game presents it in a way that you're a super cop because the other way to present that would be to just have you doing like would be hitman basically right like yeah, we, the only other way yeah, to yeah, tell that doing, story if, doing if you're not judicial uh assassinations if you're not doing cop <laughs> stuff you would only be doing assassinations and the game actually does give you the opportunity to assassinate a couple people but it's sure. but you it's mostly cop stuff and what i found really interesting is this is an rpg and it's a bioWare rpg so it has the classic like branching storylines where you and the, the whole Central you know selling point of the game is you get to tell a story, you have a, a, a they don't they don't say it's good at bad, but they say it's Paragon versus renegade. It's like the choices that you can make it's um, good and bad and they but it is good and bad, and it, they it gets a little bit more nuance in the second and third um games, but in the first game, it's very much like if you're doing Paragon, you're doing the good guy thing. And if you're doing Renegade, you're doing the bad guy thing. And a lot of the Renegade stuff is very much just, like, act like a total asshole, piece of shit, like, unnecessarily kill somebody, just, like, blatantly steal from somebody. And then that's that's kind of how they developed the game. And so, but you still have that choice. But with the Legendary Edition, because it's always online, you know, EA is data mining it, so it's tracking like what everybody's doing in the game and figuring out kind of like what what pivotal choices people are making. And then they released some statistics, and I think it came out that like 91% of the players play playthroughs that are skewed almost entirely towards good decisions. And what's interesting about this to me is that even though... In a lot of cases, there will be a situation where you look at the situation like, okay, well, clearly doing the good thing makes more sense because the way they wrote the bad, the renegade option is just dumb and no one would ever do this. But especially if you go through the the series where it starts to subvert this a little bit, it, the game doesn't really tell you that you're supposed to be, like, like it doesn't really tell you that you're supposed to pick one or the other in so far as you generally get rewarded for being consistent. So mm-hmm. like if you get to the second or third game, you could be fine picking only like renegade choices and we were we were talking about in the pre-show some early earlier it used to be a situation where if you in kind of a more rudimentary approach to this, if you did the bad things, you didn't get as many rewards. As the good things but in in mass effect you get the same rewards like you're gonna level up <laughs> right you're gonna level up you're gonna get power you're gonna get more crew members you're gonna like like nothing about being renegade prevents you from getting the most out of the game and yet like we're all picking the good cop role and the things that we're doing in the game despite being military, are almost all cop shit to do. Like, all the quests, except for some of, like, the... Like, when you're fighting, like, the big bad and all that stuff, or, like, you're dealing with these rebirths, but, like, every... All of, like, the filler content and the path to get there is all cop shit. Like, you're... you're all the side quests are, like, we're having, uh, you know, there's a dispute, and you have to resolve it. There are side quests where you literally... Help a cop do something cop-like. I mean, there's there's one where you actually, like, bring a guy in for questioning and literally do good cop, bad cop with one of your squad mates. Um, good old Garrus. <laughs> no, it's not Garrus. That's Thane. It's Thane's loyalty Oh, it's mission. Thane.
1: Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay.
0: I mean, there's also... You do the same thing with Garrus, too, but it's... It's that's the point. It's like you have literal cops on your team and you're doing cop shit, but it's all like the whole game is a, is a is like a cop fantasy simulator and right. we're all playing it and we're all going ape shit, and we all want to be the good cop. And what so what I want to know is like what I think is interesting to me is this is kind of what all RPGs are like. If you think about like the way side quests are are structured in like pretty much all RPGs, that's like how we give you something to do is get kittens out of the trees or help someone find something or solve a crime or fight this bad guy like so why is it that like when we're trying to in rpg specifically because i think in shooters it's a little easier you're more of a soldier um you know, if you play, like, Wolfenst- if like, the new Wolfenstein games, BJ's not doing cop shit, like, you know, not particularly he's, no, he's d- just d- shooting more people. just killing people, he's, there are you don't really do any investigation or whatever, but, like, in RPGs in particular, like, why is it that we can only tell these stories by having you do things that are associated with cop things, and I'm going to give you a couple possibilities, like, is it Like, is it the game, or, like, have we just internalized a society, like, cops do the things that need to be done, and so if you want to do things positively in your community, the only way to do that is to be a cop? Have we done that because we've basically, at least in America, like, we've eliminated every other social service and made cops do everything so that's kind of <laughs> the only thing you can do or is it just like are we just like so conditioned to be like well the only way to make someone be a protagonist is to allow them to use force and give them authority and the people in real life who have force the ability to use force and have authority are cops mm-hmm. so let's break this down a little bit like what do you think why do you think like RPGs are cop simulators in this way and why do we
1: want to always be the good cop well so i, I think it's i think it's interesting that you, like all the things you said like the the one thing i'd say just off the top of my head is that you know we definitely want to perform well right like and, and at any mm-hmm. given point in any sort of like um i don't know in any social situation if you're told hey like i want you to to do X and, and you're, you know, you're not being, um, coerced or anything. It's not someone like, you know, holding you at gunpoint or whatever. Right. Like typically you're, you're, you're looking at these people and you're saying like, okay, I want this person to think I did a good job, you know, like, and, and, and no judgment on that whatever. Like, you know, it's, it's perfectly natural to sort of see this and be like, man, I just, like, I so want to do a good job for these people. Um, and I think when the game tells you like, you're going to be a specter and what you need to do to be a specter is like be just and good and like and and noble. You think like, well, I gotta just be a good specter, or else I failed the game, right? Like I failed right. what the game is asking me to do. Um, and so I think part of that is just like the fact that we don't we don't have any sort of sense of policing as, you know at its core or like, like foundationally, uh, complex and, and, and problematic and like, you know, kind of, kind of messy. Um, we do kind of understand that policing, there could be bad cops and good cops. Like, I think everyone, you know, well, every, uh, the, the, <laughs> the, I don't know if everyone would say there could be good cops or everyone could say there could be bad cops, but like, the typical approach right like the sort of like median approach is oh yeah like the the main thing is there are good cops and there are bad cops and they both exist and and so you want to be a good cop right like you want to be like i'm going to be the best cop i can be right. Um i think that's i think that's a big part of it um but i i don't think it's everything right like because so i was talking about this in the pre-show too but like um a uh, friend of he could be a friend of your show too he's, he's a friendly guy uh josh sawyer a uh, friend of no cartridge and now sure. friend of uh uh no fugazi's uh bonus episodes um yeah. uh josh sawyer uh wrote um uh well co-wrote with others uh fallout new vegas and fallout new vegas is fascinating because it has a um a, a totally unlikable uh evil path right like just like right. You know, if you're going to Caesar, like if you're doing Caesar, right? Like I, I'm looking at. So I opened up a completion guide uh, on. I mean, it's it's just trueachievements.com. So please, you know, take this with a grain of salt. Um, but uh, you know, the the completion percentage on render unto Caesar when you you know beat Caesar's uh, mission, you take the bad course is 19% over 45,872 gamers. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. As opposed to like, you know, the others that are, the other endings are like complete, like quite a bit, quite a bit higher. Um, And in fact, rendered to Caesar may not even be the, the end of that one, but like, you know, you look at the guides for it. Right. And, and it it is like, just like you have to do horrible things. Like um, you have to, you know, basically kill everyone. You have to uh, assassinate people. You have to. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, right. You know, just do terrible things to people all the time to just, like, help a horrible person have um, success. And, like, the that is not something that we are conditioned to do as, as people who play video games, even in a game like Fallout or a, a franchise like Fallout, especially Fallout New Vegas, that suggests, like, hey, yeah, there's no good – there's no good way to do um, – uh, morality here it's always going to be flawed um you could say like yeah okay like morality's flawed but you're still going to try to do the best possible thing it's right. like the people who try to find like communism in in, in fallout new vegas and it's like it's not there <laughs> <But you can't, laughs> none of this is gonna you're not gonna like you're not gonna be able to be the good guy here you can't like come up with a version of this world that works how dare you, you
0: how, how dare you come on a Trotskyite podcast and say that there's a place where communism is not there <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. Oh god. I mean, it's not there intentionally. I know. Um uh,
1: you can make it if you try. Um I I'm just the, assuming what Trotskyism is at this, is at this we, point. We we
0: have what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to start revolution in Fallout New Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to go to Fallout New or, Vegas and we're going to
1: out New Vegas revolution. We're going to
0: we're going to we're going to spread the seeds of of the dictatorship of the proletariat. Well, no, and I think that's a very good... I, I think it's an interesting way to approach it because what I... I've, the reason why I think Mass Effect is a great kind of way to analyze this, not only because, unlike Fallout New Vegas, I've actually played it, um, and I played it a lot, it's... The, the, a lot of the Renegade options are not, like... Fundamentally, like uncomfortable, and uh, I'll 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 talk about a game where I have played where it is like that. Uh, the first Knights of the Old Republic, um, a lot of like the Sith path of those quests. A- a- at some point, you're just like c- like murdering your own like teammates, and obviously that makes you very uncomfortable. But there's there's none of that in Mass Effect. Like even in even in the Renegade Pass, where you are maybe killing somebody unnecessarily or kind of creating more carnage than you might otherwise, like there generally is like a justifiable reason to do it.
1: Yeah, to and the even point if you where don't think it's justifiable. Typically, your your colleagues will be like, "Don't worry, it's okay." Like I, I like I understood
0: why you had to do that, or like I can see that side. The game does kind of a pretty good job of, and I think this was certainly by design to not do that level of storyline where the the good path is very comfortable and it feels good whereas the Renegade path makes you feel like a shitty person cuz Cause I cause I've gone when I when I did so the, the kind of the way you know us mass effect heads we have like our canon storyline right you play that first time and the every choice you make is the choice you would you personally would make in that situation Yep. And you like to see how it comes out and then you play it again to do to see the other branches. So when I started this when I got the Legendary Edition and I did that again for the first time, um I played as a renegade. Um and a lot of and I found that was a still a very satisfying way to play the game. Like and and actually there were dynamics with certain squad mates that I found were actually even more rewarding because there was actual tension that doesn't there when you're just a good guy. Like there's like and I have when I have talked about this game with other fans, like like the, the 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 part of the game I keep talking about is the very opening prologue of Mass Effect 3. Um and so if you haven't played the game, basically um the overarching story of the game is that these um this, like, um, super advanced race of synthetic beings invades um, the galaxy to exterminate um, all advanced life in Mass Effect 3. So Mass Effect 3 starts with you being on Earth, um, h- facing facing war crimes, because you committed war crimes in the game before, to prevent the invasion, or delay it. And it's happened anyway, and now you're on Earth and you're trying to escape um, and get on with the game to fight it. Um, so... You're on this. You're you're on this. Uh, you're, you're escaping, and you are escaping with one of your squad mates from the first game, who you don't have a great relationship with because of what happened in the previous game, and then with some other guys who are there to kind of fill out the roster, and then you go from Earth to Mars because you have to f- fulfill this mission. And what I found is that playing it as the renegade, I have a bad relationship with the squadmate that's with me on Mars. And as it develops, you know, spoiler alert, um, the people you're fighting on Mars are the organization you worked for in Mass Effect 2. So there's this great dynamic where you met your squadmate in 2, and he yells at you for working for this organization, which is like a human supremacist group, and you tell him to fuck off. You don't have to tell him to fuck off, but the renegade path is to tell him to fuck off. And then... Now you're here. I'm saying him, but it could be a woman, but I'm not going to get into that. If you've played the game, if you're playing it, just just know that I'm playing this path as female shepherd and I saved Caden. Um I'm not getting into that, but <laughs> so
1: lots we're not getting in on Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. That's, that's this the is Mass effect play is not also. an
0: 8. This is not an 8-hour episode, I promise. <laughs> what I what I found was really satisfying because what because there's like real tension where you're on Mars. And you're watching your old employer executing like soldiers because now they're just like way off the rails. And your former squad mate, who last time you saw him, he was mad at you, and you said get fucked. Like now you're stuck. <laughs> you're stuck at this base, <laughs> and he's like, he's like, why the fuck is your former employer executing soldiers? And you're like, I don't know. I don't work for them anymore. And he's like, what do you mean you don't fucking work for? What, what the fuck does that mean? Like. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know why they're doing this? You just fucking you were just working for them eight months ago, like, and it's it's a really rewarding, it's a it's it's just really well acted and it's well written in that specific context where you're a renegade and it makes sense for you to have been a renegade, and but this is just part of the game no one ever sees unless right, they're going they out of the way as a to renegade. see it because if you're being nice like I played I played that part again as. Male shepherd with Ashley, who I'm in a relationship with, so I was nice to her, and she's like, and, and that scene plays out totally differently because she's like, "Are these your guys?" And you're like, "Oh, come on, you know I love you." And she's like, "Ah, oh, you're right." Like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's kind of like, and it, you know, and I'm not saying that part is written poorly, but <laughs> it, it doesn't pay off because no. once you've done it that way, there's not. It's just not designed to pay off that way because the tension isn't there. But why do we? Why does no one want to do that? Like, look, Caden is a character annoying.
1: I should want to tell him to fuck off, but nobody does. Right, and, and you know, <laughs> what I, so this is also something that we were talking about before. And I think it. I think it's true that like one of the things we've been conditioned to, particularly in RPGs, is, is to expect that actions like that represent like opportunities lost like, mm-hmm. like literally they they represent a way that we have screwed up if we if we aren't nice to someone or we don't do something, we have decided to um lose a part of the game that will probably be closed foreclosed to us forever. and that's why people like you know i I remember talking to uh Way 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 back when Persona Five just came out, I talked to Chris Person um, on, on on of I don't know where he was working then, probably when he was still working at Kotaku, um, and he was like, "Yeah, just like I played this game, and I I like I had I I never do this, but I just like you know what? I'm opening the strategy guide because I don't have." 90 hours to play through the game the one way and then 90 hours to play through the game when I actually get, like, the content that I need, right? right. And so, like, I that's that's the fear. The fear is that, like, okay, like, if I'm not nice to Caden here, Caden's not going to help me out on a later mission, which is going to mean that I'm not going to get a ranking, which means that I, I might not get, like, you know, this particular character or this particular, like, skin or this particular thing, right? Like, so – Almost never by acting mean do we by acting nice do we miss out on anything content wise that was like is blocked off from being mean, other than the mean person storyline, right? right? Like and that that's something that people don't seem to be super interested in. So I think like one element is, you know, the the incentive of just like acting how you would to someone like Caden who everyone hates, is like, you know, like why just like you can you can do that now why won't you do it? It's like, well, the game doesn't want me to. And again, right. it goes back to that thing of like I just want it to say I did a good job.
0: Right, and what's what's funny is Mass Effect does a pretty clear job, especially by the time you get to 2 and 3. I mean, obviously if you play 1, you're not kind of you don't really get the vibe right away. So you might expect it to be in that designed in that way where you got to be nice to get the good things. But Two and three, actually, it does away with a lot of the RPG mechanics to give you even fewer rewards to the point where the game is very obvious. Hey, mm-hmm. look, pick the, like, basically what the game says is, look, we want you to pick all one side or one, all the other side because if you if you kind of mix and match, you don't get enough points, you get locked out of some dialogue options, like, there's, like, renegade, like, st- reputation checks, which are weird and stupid, and, and they actually got rid of that for three because of it didn't really work in two. But the point is, is that by the time you're playing Mass Effect two, the game is telling you, "Look, hey, you're you're not military <laughs> anymore. You're not really a Spectre anymore. You're working for these. You're working for evil Martin Sheen. Um, you're working for a terrorist group, but you've got good reason." It's the West Wing, basically. And yeah, <laughs> not really, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, but you're, but it's, but it's, and that game's basically like a heist game, right? Cause you're, you're yeah. building your team and you're going on, or you're like the dirty dozen
1: actually it would be the, yeah, it's, it's, it's the, it's the one last score where we're not going to come back alive game.
0: Right. So that game more than anything else is telling you there is no right way. You're building a team of desperados. I mean, you recruit, uh, like a, like a murderous psychopath, you recruit, a assassin, um you recruit your old buddy who you find out's been like killing gangsters for months um yeah he's
1: he's gone he's gone way off the reservation he's basically. He's,
0: he's yeah he and so like the game is telling you look like be bad oh, one of the like the one of the DLC characters is an assassin the other DLC character is a thief like like they're telling you like hey we're not going to we're going to reward you or at least we're not going to give you Anything negative? If you want to just go like, and and are your goody two shoes military cast members from the first game are not even there. Like, right? Like Liara is a, is a, is a nice person, in one, and your squad in your military squadmate is very nice. They're not even available. They're just extra. Yeah, Liara content. and
1: Liara has like has has become like a much darker person.
0: Well, the heel turn Liara does is great, and I love it. But the point is, is she's very nice. And then she's not there. Like you're like the game is basically giving you the red carpet. Like, hey, like this is your chance. You can be an asshole. You can you can you can be the bad cop, you can be dirty hairy, and we're not gonna withhold anything from you and people don't do it. And and now right. some of that might be because well, I want to carry over the nice guy from game one, but you could very easily start game two and it's gonna ask you, Well, what did you do in game one? So if you only want to do that, because I'll admit, in game one, it's not quite as satisfying. I mean, you could just go in and say, "Well, I'm going to start from game two, and they'd ask you, "Oh, what choices would you have made?" You could go and pick the bad choices, or the not Correct, the bad yeah. but the renegade choices. Nobody ever does that, and it and it's just I think it's very weird that even in the situation where the game is telling you you're not a cop anymore, you're not a soldier anymore, you're you're just you're just there living on you're an outlaw, and you still want to be the good guy. But on the same token, then we also have games, you know, all the Rockstar games where you get to play as an outlaw very explicitly, those are all very popular, so then when we play that game, we want to be the outlaw. So, like, what is it, do we just want to be, a or do we just want to be a protagonist at all times, and the only way we I imagine... I do think that's part of it, yeah. The only way we I imagine also... to be protagonists of reality is to be basically be a cop, because that's that's in our lives, like, that's those the protagonists of reality that we see cause they got all the power and they got, they get to use violence and
1: well, except in, I mean, so I think one of the things like the difference between uh, like a rockstar game and, and mass effect is that like in a rockstar game, like the, the police are literally your enemies. Like they, they are, you can't, you can't play a version of the game where you are like nice to the police. Right. Like that doesn't, that's not a version that exists. You can't right. like you can't play Grand Theft Auto and be like I'm going to be like a law abiding. You can, but it's more like performance art than actual Well, at like, most of <laughs>
0: like the mission... At, at a certain point you're going to come to a mission where you have to you have to gun down
1: cops. Like I don't think there's yeah, a right. version of And so they're the enemies. You don't you don't get any other purchase other than saying like these guys are my enemies. In which case you're playing a game where you're an outlaw, right? You're playing a game where you're Tony Soprano. But like in in Mass Effect It does have that problem of the heist movie. And I think like especially in our current cultural memory, right, heist movies do not have endings that go far away from typical morality, right? Like Mm -hmm. most times in contemporary heist movies, they might get away with the money, but they never kill anyone, They never hurt anyone who doesn't have it coming to them, right? Like, they never take from any, like, oh, like, oh, my God, we're stealing from the mob? Like, you know, that's, like, the (laughs) turn in so many of these, right? Uh, Like, it's not a matter of, like, you know, these are bad people doing bad things. And, like, isn't it fun to sort of, like, see what that side of things is like? It's just much more, like, oh, they're good guys, but they just, like... Think about Gone in 60 Seconds, right? Mm -hmm. Like, totally fun movie. I'm not trying to say Gone in 60 Seconds is not a blast to watch. Like, you know, you get Nicolas Cage, you get, like extremely bleached blonde Angelina Jolie and a ton of car driving, like it rocks. But like the whole point of the movie is like, we got to do this heist to help someone. Like this is, well, this is about helping someone. To, to, so ultimately you're still being a good guy. It's just like, to,
0: to, to even it, be on. Do I think even what's more on the nose than that is fast five, oh, which yeah, is where right. fast and furious becomes a heist, becomes a, a heist uh, series. And you know the protagonists are all criminals but they introduce the rock as a super cop and then by the end of it the rock begrudgingly joins the heist crew because he's stealing from a guy who's like a real son of a bitch and then that isn't resolved that isn't resolved because they want to make another movie with all these guys in it so they just get away with the money and the rock begrudgingly is like
1: i'm gonna see you in the next movie Right, right. You know, yeah, and it, you know, it, 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 like, I think a lot of contemporary movies are like this, and like, I don't want to be the kind of guy who's like, and that's why no one should watch action movies because I think most people. <laughs> well, we've already this. done,
0: we've already done that episode just for the. Rockers, oh, okay, good. So we've, we've just deconstructed how like Marvel is like, prop
1: is is DOD propaganda and all that shit. So we, yeah, we've oh, we've gee, been yeah. over that. Okay, but I mean, like, it's also like I think I think especially with Marvel, it's a little different. I think I think with Marvel, you're sort of you're in a weird situation where people are not necessarily going to see that as propaganda because um, I think a lot of people still have historical recollections with like old, older comic books. And by that, I mean like nineties to present uh, or older if they're reading like their parents' comic books or whatever, where like the, the, the recollection is, is more like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, these guys are like the thing about the thing about uh, comic books is it's, they're kind of silly and they're sort of funny. Like they have, they have funny ideas and they're they're not serious or whatever. Like if they if they are, it's melodrama, right? And so like as a result, I think people people are very willing to be like, yeah, this is normal. But I also think like typically, if you if you like watch, I'm thinking here of um Con Air, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like the 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 like Con Air is so funny because like it's. <laughs> It's such it's, a nonsensical – I love it, but it's – Oh, it's great, and everyone sense. everyone loves Con Air, but, like, Nicolas Cage is, like, on a plane full of mass murderers because he beat up a guy because he was, like, going to assault his they girlfriend. Go,
0: they up. go so far out of the way to find, like, an imagined crime that would, like, put him in that position but make him as nice of a guy as possible. Yeah, like, no point, one
1: ever – yeah, to no one's, point, like – To the point
0: where, like, that doesn't even make sense because, like... And I I have to bring this up because you brought up Con Air. Like, the the central premise of getting him in the federal prison is so stupid... In the first place, because first of all, he commits a crime that is not a federal crime. Like him being in the like he does manslaughter, like that being in the federal system makes zero sense whatsoever. And also, those like
1: lawyers that got him there, those prosecutors. But like, why did? They don't even have jurisdiction. He just <laughs> like there's no federal jurisdiction. He's too dangerous. His for, hands are registered <laughs> legal
0: weapons. Like there's no like they like, and then he gets like a public defender who is like who is like this would look bad in front of a jury and it's like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> like why it would why, look really good in front of why on a... <laughs> what jury is gonna be like i'm mad at this former tr- i'm mad that this troop beat up a drunk guy harassing his girlfriend and the drunk guy ended up dying and like i don't want to take that to trial because the jury and the judge is going to be mad at you it's like look
1: like, like in what Let's universe take this to trial we will definitely win like, like what universe
0: if i was representing that guy i first of all i, I would i would be yelling at the pro i would be yelling at the u.s attorney for even filing this well first of all i'm filing the motion to dismiss for lack of jurisdiction first of all and then when i get to state court i'm yelling at the state prosecutor for even filing this and I'm absolutely going to a jury, and I'm winning. But anyway, that's oh yeah, not, That's not why you. That's not why you're
1: listening. It's, oh, <laughs> you, you think it's not why I brought it up? No, uh, no, I, I, mean, I brought it up. Yeah, because like, it, it is. It's ridiculous because, of course, like the 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 point of con air is you have to you have to believe that. That Nicholas Cage's character is like a genuinely good person. Because if you don't,
0: <laughs> do, then do you love that line where he's gonna sa- when he he decides that he's gonna save his his diabetic body? He's like, I'm gonna show you that God does exist. Like, what... yes, yes, <laughs> what I love it.
1: I love it. What the fuck? What... But like that's that's the thing though, right? Like it's not you can't you can't do. You can't do that version – you can't do a version of Con Air without Nicolas Cage being a genuinely good guy, right? right? And it's the same way in, like, almost all heist movies. Like, you're not going to do a – you're not going to do Ocean's Eleven without, like, you know, people being, like, typically, like, really, like, cool guys, like – we like George Clooney in this movie. He's so cool. Well, like he's he's a fun dude. Like, like
0: I've I've watched heist movies where the guy doing the heist doesn't have any good reason other than they just want to like make money. Like I don't know if you've yeah. ever seen the movie Den of Thieves.
1: I have not, but I do know the movie.
0: So the, the 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 people doing the heist are not good people, and also Gerard Butler, the cop, is not a good person, and that's the whole thing. Um, and and so like, so like the the game the 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 movie kind of develops drama in the sense of like um, here's, you know, here's a, a a down on this luck cop, but his life sucks, but he's really good at being a cop, and then here are these, here are these, here's this crew of, uh, you know, here's, here's this crew of, uh, thieves, and they're just, they don't have any redeeming qualities, they're just really good thieves, and then you find out at the end of it that the guy who masterminded the theft is, is not the person you thought at the beginning, and... It turns out he's just really, he just, that's just how he makes money. Yeah. Here's the thing about Den of Thieves it sucks. Like, <laughs> I watched it and I was like, I wish I didn't go, like, I actually saw it in theaters and I was like, I wish we had watched something else. I did not enjoy that movie. I would have given it like a 25 out of 100. Yeah. Like, it, it genuinely was like, and, and, the reason why I thought it sucked is because every character was unlikable, and I didn't right. want any of them to succeed. Like, I didn't want – like, I wanted Gerard Butler to get fired because <laughs> he was oh, an sure. asshole, and I wanted – I didn't want anyone, any of the thieves to make any money. Um, There's, like, a weird scene where, like, Fitty Cent, who was in the movie, um, like, there's, like, this weird diversion where, like, his son is – or his daughter is, like, going to prom, so, like, he and his gangster buddies, like, intimidate – the boyfriend sure which, of course and it's like which whatever good for 50 cent i like 50 cent but it's weird the movie's bad and, and i think one of the reasons the movie's bad is because there's nobody worth liking there's no reason and so because there's nobody to like there's no reason to care about what happens to any of the people in it well, and, and this is like
1: this is the this is the always sunny problem right where like and it, it's it's not a problem with always sunny but it, it's the same thing with seinfeld right like ultimately people get kind of, like, weirded out because they're like, well, no one's likable in this show. Like, well, I don't like of any of these. That's kind of a big people. problem it's that
0: like, I had. That's kind of a big problem I had with Kerb enthusiasm. Like, Larry is such, a, like, an irredeemable piece of shit that eventually
1: it's just like, I'm not enjoying his antics anymore. Well, so, I mean, but that's... I think, like, if you're not enjoying his antics, that's one thing. That's sort of, like, he... To you, he's an irredeemable piece of shit, and also, like, the, the shtick isn't working for you. But, like, it doesn't mean that people being irredeemable doesn't mean, like you don't have to be redeemable to be interested, right? Like, sure. you, you could tell a story about someone... Have you ever read, um... Well, Native Son's kind of a complicated example, but if you ever read Native <laughs> let's Son? Let's
0: not. I have read it, but let's not. Let's
1: not use that example, please. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Um, but, I mean... Well, so, but, like, the character in Native Son is, like, I don't know, like, a, he's a murderer, like, and, and no, it's... No, he does
0: a very irredeemable, senseless thing.
1: Yes, and, like... Through the through the book, you're sort of you're 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 led to sympathize with him, despite that. Or like take something like um, there's like a lot of uh, really out there sort of like avant-garde literature that deals with like you know senseless violence, such that like like uh, Kathy Acker, Dennis Cooper both do this. Dennis Cooper famously included my episode about him in his top like 300 things that were good this year on Twitter. Oh, that's nice yeah oh no i mean that that you know he's he's uh he's an ally uh to me personally um but no like i I, I mean i just like i like dennis cooper a lot so that was that was neat but um like you know like people people write about murderers and people who are just like actually terrible people um but in mainstream work we always have to find a reason why that's okay right like one of the reasons that i think it's the it's the, um, the always sunny problem is because, like, people are always being like, like, are the always sunny guys really irredeemable? And it's like, yes, they're like they're bad people. They're
0: never presented to be good.
1: Yeah, that's the whole point. You're not supp- and like or like, oh, Seinfeld, like we had to do we had to do the thing where, oh, all of a sudden, you know, like we're we're they're in court or whatever. And like, that's the end. Like they go to jail. It's like no, you didn't you never have to. On so on one level I like that ending. On another level, if it's supposed to be them getting their just desserts, it's very stupid. Like no, you I don't. I always,
0: to... I always thought I I, I like the ending, but I always thought that it was just like a handy frame. I I think it just was like how can we do a frame story to just rehash all the old bits and do yeah, it in a way I, that kind of makes sense. And I think that's what they achieved. And I I, I thought the... was on that level.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the ending is the the the, the ending insofar far as it's brilliant is great because it um it does, it has that last scene in the jail where they're just like they just instantly go back to doing their old like no it's, old like, routine, it's like it's like the even the though cell. they're
0: even though they're convicted like like it's clear that what they're being convicted of is a misdemeanor and they're just being taken to like a holding cell it's, yeah they like don't get sent they don't get sent to Attica or. Rikers, right? Yeah. Like they're just, still they, holding, they just, they're just like, like a holding whole cell is... upstate, and it's just like, right. oh, now you can make the king of calls,
1: right? <laughs> yeah, right. Right. And it's it's just so like it's just so like uh yeah it's just so like them being like complete you know narcissists in a in a jail cell together instead of in the world, but like you know it's I think the the point I'm trying to make is like we we have these games about irredeemable monsters, but like. They're only playable if you then say, like, and in this game, the cops are your enemy. Like, you're the bad guy. Instead of being like, no, this game's just about being irredeemable, or like, it's okay, like so this is something I brought up, and I, I really think it's true that like one of the, the one of the things that that really fights the the sense of like complex storytelling in games is the idea that you need branching narratives, right? Like, I don't dislike games with branching narratives, I think they can be really fun. But choices in games are almost always going to be you're going to make the one that makes you feel good about yourself, right? You're going to make right. the one that makes you think like I'm a good person, like I, you know, one of the it's one of the things I have my critiques of of the game, but like it's one of the things I think. Um, Spec Ops: The Line does really, really well, which is that like like the one loading screen it says it just says you are a good person, like, like it's just right. like it's very much like. Oh right, okay. or and I... then at
0: the at the and later in the game that changes
1: to do you still feel like a hero or do you still feel like a good person yes, exactly, exactly, yeah, and like it 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 kind of messes with you that way because it knows like and it's not, it's like, look, this is not a, this is not a, whoa, how did they know that about me kind of thing. Like, right. The game, the game knows because it's made by people who've made games before that players want to feel like a good person when they're making choices. And like, this is like, this is just what fable is, right? Like either you want to feel like a good person, or if you're feeling like epic and crazy, you can feel like a bad person. <laughs> like, so, right. you know, like that's, that's essentially what what the 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 point of these games is and as long as it's you trying to be a good person it it like it's ultimately like going to be okay um we're going to we're just going to do the nice things we're going to try and be the good right. cop we're going to try and and then like
0: how are you be, like okay the game is going to have you be a nice person all right well how are you going to be the nice person well you're going to do nice cop things you're going to help people right, yes. you're going to like what we yeah, want cause... cops to be we want them to go uh, we want them to help people. We want them to do favors for people. We want them to protect and serve. Uh, you know, that's good. We we, we wish cops were like that. Like, even, um, unless you're, like, a really hardcore, like, police al- abolitionist, like, even, I think, uh, pretty much everyone who's, like, defund the police is like, well, we want them to be police. We want them to go back to only doing the things we want police to do. Like, we don't want them to be doing all this other stuff, because that's what makes them bad, and you know, and obviously I'm not trying to unpack that whole can of worms, but it's, but (laughs) like, let's do it. (laughs) Well, well, I want to, I mean, I want to do that later, but in in a different episode, probably. (laughs) Oh God. Yeah. Okay. Different episode. That sounds like a good idea. But, But the, but the idea is like, this is, it's like, that's kind of where our imagination is in games where it's like, unless you're really out there, unless you're willing to be Kojima and say, you, my idea of making the protagonist is you're gonna be a porter and you're gonna deliver packages and that's all you're ever gonna do and the times where you shoot people are only in these like very like uh either the dream sequences with Matt Mickelson or the like very bombastic like Higgs fights where you're fighting these like weird like tar whale things. Right. right? right. Like it's so it's all so, like you're not it's a co- it's cinematic. Cops, it's cops, a, are not, not... cops are not out in, in, in my street shooting at a large tar
1: whale. And you know what? My version of police abolition says they should be out there shooting the tar whales. I wish whales they instead would. Of... I
0: wish someone would do it.
1: Because Stop I'm leaving sick... tar whales up to community I'm policing. I'm sick
0: of them disrupting my commute when I have to drive on the freeway and there's a big
1: black squid. A... Oh, I'm sick of this tar whale. It's... Um, But, yeah, no, I, I like, it. It is it is a matter of, like you know, I think, I think you're, you're, you're touching on a couple of really interesting things here. And one of them is that like, it's not a matter of like, just that games want you to be the cop. It's also that like being the cop is like a useful storytelling device, right? Like it, it is a useful frame to say like, okay, you are a cop, which is like, not new. Like that's, that is a useful frame and has been a useful frame since Sherlock Holmes, since, you know, before, I mean, like you can look, old, like, you know, British literature from from the restoration. And it's always like a mystery that a detective is trying to unsolve. Or like, you could look at Hamlet and sort of argue that Hamlet is an er detective. It's like, who killed my mom? Who killed my dad? I'm gonna find out. Like, you know, detective work is interesting as a frame, because it suggests, okay, there's a mystery, there's a culprit, and there's a crime, and you kind of get to guess and figure out who's who, right? that is compelling. That's like always been compelling. It's like, it is, it is something that people love to do. Um, the problem is like when games want to be serious and want to be like, okay, like we're telling a real story, but they want that genre hitch. Like you get, you get kind of the, um, Oh, now I'm only remembering the, the, the French name of it, but that Quantic Dream game that they became famous for, um, Oh, Indigo Prophecy was the one in Amer- was how, what it was called in America. Like, you just get this thing where it's like, okay, you're a cop and you're uncovering a mystery, but like, actually it's just like, you gotta find the bad guys. Like it's not, there's nothing complex about it because ultimately the game goes back to being a simplistic sort of like emotion simulator because it's worried that the players won't follow it. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. not the Quantic Dream. That's, that's not why Quantic Dream failed. Quantic Dream sucks, but like, (laughs) that's why Quantic Dream failed. But the, you know, the reason that people are like obsessed with, with the like with the problem of I'm trying to think of a good way to say this. Like the reason people are obsessed with the problem of like um, cops or like the problem of like, can I be a good cop or a bad cop in these games is because like games are too worried about doing any other story to not make you a cop in the first place. That's the way to put it. Right. Like, it's not as if you could not do mass effect without you being a space cop or without you having to like deal with Garrus or whatever right it is that you, you you truly like the game is not interested in giving you that that agency
0: no in fact it wants to give you the agency by making you like making you the cop is how it wants to give you the agency um Correct. like when when you get to when you get to mass effect 3 the major storylines are there's there's a couple like really pivotal moments where um, you're doing uh, where, like, your this game, game is at it's most cop fantasy right um, mm-hmm. there's the time where you have to go to T'Chunka to to, um, to, do <laughs> yes, cure, I, I... to do the cure to do the cure and like you've got these you, what you're trying to do is you're trying to forge an alliance between the Krogan and the Turian and so you go there and you have to do um, you do mostly commando stuff until you actually get to the big decision, which is whether or not to cure the genophage that has plagued the Krogan, and you've been offered a deal by the Salarians to not cure the genophage. Um, and this is, like, to do it the right way is basically to be, like, the real honest guy is to say, look, I got offered this deal, I'm not going to take because it it's wrong. And I'm going to carry out what I'm going to do. But you can also um, reject. You can also you can also take the deal, and the, taking the deal requires you to shoot your buddy, um, right? Because he doesn't want to go along with it. But ultimately, what you're doing is you are taking these two sides who are um, diametrically opposed because. You know the Turians want the Krogan to be strong again, so they can fight the war. And Salarians are like, we don't want them to be strong again because we think they'll take over after the war. And you're mediating that dispute, right? And you're still like, you're not any different than a cop coming, a, 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 coming, a, uh, coming up to a scene where people have been fighting and being like, okay, what happened here? Uh, what's right. the situation here? Yeah, okay, I'll, point. I'll sit. Sus- that's a really good point. And then yes, it's no, even more. Right. And then it's even more obvious when you get to the Quarians, the Geth. Because you literally get to the point where their their fleets are facing each other, ready to kill each other, and it's like you literally get to pick a side, who gets to live or die based on, well, I mean, guess based on whatever you want, however you want to make that decision. But the game is basically giving you the the option to be like, okay. Here is the backstory who heres is who is at fault for this centuries long war now you get to decide who gets to win the war based on your conception of who has earned the right to basically be alive and it's not you know it's a it's a very um you know it's a very it's a very like grandiose and like extreme version, but it's not really fundamentally any different than a cop looking at like a domestic dispute and deciding which party to arrest.
1: Correct. Yes. And, no, that, that's that's a really good point.
0: And, and so and, and so these are, and and these two these two parts are the big not only are the the main emotional touchstones of the game. Like in the sense that like I so when I originally played Mass Effect 3, uh, I played I was really into the series originally and so I played Mass Effect 3 the minute it came out. I raced through it, and of course, I got to the ending, which was shit at the time. And the new ending is still kind of shit. But anyway, but when it was when on launch, it was the whole thing was like it was so bad it basically ruined everybody's experience playing the game. Um, At least it did for me. It to the point where I never even I like I played through it like twice, and then I just only played multiplayer at that point. And I basically memory hold. The whole third game to the point where when I played it again on the Legendary Edition, I forgot like ninety percent of the game because I just because right. I was just like I was so disgusted and I was like I'm not playing this again. But the parts I did remember were those two moments because those are the big attention grabbing like moments and but the, and those are like the big like emotional payoffs of the whole series and it's done very well. But it's still at the end of the day that's that's those two moments are, are the big cop moments where you resolve big you resolve a bit you resolve an argument in the same way that you know a, a cop might have to resolve or end maybe not resolve but he's got to diffuse yeah, right. and end a domestic dispute that's what you're doing for the galaxy you're resolving these two big domestic disputes right
1: you're, you're yeah you're 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 doing police work for the galaxy for
0: right? exactly and you're doing it because you're the one, for whatever reason, you're the one who gets to choose. You have all the authority, you have all the power. Like the decision you make with the even though it's two fleets fight, firing at each other, like the decision you make on the ground is going to decide who wins or loses or if the fight doesn't happen. I mean, the one way to resolve it, the, like the best way to resolve it is to literally yell at the Korean fleet to st- stop fighting. And if you right. yell enough, they listen to it. you, and then there's a peaceful resolution, or like uh you know I'm Commander Shepard. stop <laughs> like I know <laughs> Why you're, that word i, know, I know yeah i know you're i know you're admirals of a of a race of uh of uh, in command of a gigantic fleet, but i am i'm a human cop, and I am yelling at you to stop
1: we we better listen (laughs) (laughs) i'm telling you no you're right and i think like you know again this this all goes i think a lot of it goes back to the fact that that it's very hard for games not to take on a a, the role of like a genre specific um approach where like you know one of the things that is happening when you when you think about mass effect that way is it is it is like focusing on uh problem solving right like it's like okay games are about finding problems that people have and then solving those problems because that's what we do in games we we find and solve problems um and like that doesn't you know like in in the in the like intensification of games like um i guess like for lack of a better word um (laughs) uh uh reputation as like serious, right? Like all of a sudden at some point in the in the in time, games became like, oh, the, these things are the serious new things that we have to worry about and we have to take seriously. And as a result, what we ended up getting was like people who were giving us, you know, genre genre work, but that also had to be like ultra serious and and careful and like, Ooh, like it has to be, this has to remind me of like a Tarantino movie. And the way, like the, the fact, the fact of the matter is like, you know, it doesn't matter if you're doing a -a collectathon, if like, it's just a joke, right? Like, you know, no one's gonna, no one's going to worry about the politics of Mega Man, right? Like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Like I'm killing, I'm killing these robot masters or whatever. Like, Maybe that's not cool of me to do as a robot or, or, you know, maybe someone's going to think that when they're playing the game, but by and large, they're going to be like, well, you know, it's not that deep, like it's fine. Um, (laughs) And, and I think like part of it not being that deep is that like you, you're the game itself is saying, Hey, don't worry. This isn't that deep. Like (laughs) you, you can, you can totally be like, you can totally play this game and like, not have to worry about whether or not like, what you're doing is good or bad. Um, and that is not something that I think mass effect wants you to have. Right. And I'm no, not it saying it wants you to have like a mean way. I'm saying like mass effect wants you to want, to, it wants you to think about like, Oh, is the thing I'm doing. Good no, it or also bad?
0: wants you to be emotionally invested. I mean, you don't, um and I'll I'll admit i I, I was emotionally invested the hell sure. out of it. I, I mean I, know. This, I mean it, the it, actual that's... scene I, I'll I'll out myself as a as a weird baby nerd here, but like the part where you actually resolve like the Quarian and Geth conflict with, with Tally, like legitimately made me cry multiple times when I've watched it or played it because of how powerful the scene is with the writing up to that point and the voice acting being as good as it is. But you don't go to that effort to make voice... Like, games that are just meant to be silly are not putting in the same effort for writing and voice acting and
1: development, usually. If they are, like, you know, if if there's a game that is doing that, like, putting it, like, being, like, sort of um, uh, irreverent in doing that... It it's not it's not a triple A game, and, and this is again where we get back to sort of the reality of funding, where like these games have to hit with certain demographics, or else they will su- they will suffer a massive right. amount of. loss, Right, no, and like, I'm
0: glad I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's a good branching off point. Um, because is so is part of that to kind of get back to the central question of the show, yeah. like is part of that because society is so wrapped up in the idea that cops are like the rightful are are the rightful agents of authority and regardless of how much you agree if that should be the case or not there's without question that at least in pretty much every organized society that I'm aware of like you're conditioned to look at the armed agents of the state as the legitimate
1: purveyors of authority well, yeah, and... I mean, this is like this is something we're told is a is a marker of, of and, I, you know, in some ways, uh, you know, in ways that, you know, people don't necessarily intend. I agree. Um, I would just say that, you know, no one should have the right to kill someone extra jud- judicially. But like, you know, we're told that this is a marker of civilization that like, you know, right. we can tell a civilized state because it has people who are. Given the right to, you know, have extra ju- extra judicial force and people who are not allowed to have that right, right? Um, right? And that's that's like we're told that that's a big part of society from like the get go. Um, I think like I think what's fascinating about that and like what what's interesting in in the context of what we're talking about here is like that is that is definitely true and is definitely used as a storytelling point that like you know we just understand it the same way that we understand okay these and these uh you know the characters in this game are on earth so they don't need like helmets to breathe or whatever but like it's not i i think it, it is understood in that same unconscious way to say like i'm not so sure up until you can get you get to garris for instance that mass effect is interested in per- portraying like the police as troubled souls right or like right souls that like are are of you know meant to be considered because they are often so, um, so flawed. Um, I think like, I think up until Garrus, you're just like, you're dealing with a fairly typical post nine 11 narrative where it's like, you know, the there's, there are some bad guys trying to do some bad things and we're the good guys trying to do some good things. Um, And I don't think that that's like uncommon in video games because it's not uncommon in film and it's not uncommon in TV. It's certainly not uncommon in TV. My God, like (laughs) you think, I'd first be like, any, first any... episode.
0: First episode of this podcast was about uh, Law and Order: Manufacturing Police Consent.
1: Oh, for sure. And like, look, like if you want, if you want me to out myself as a giant like hypocrite too, like, um, <laughs> I won't say baby. This doesn't make me a baby. I'm not a baby. I, <laughs> so Jesus, I can be kidding. the baby. You can be a your baby. Um, <laughs> no, like I, you know, I love and I have been open in my love of police procedurals and like. You know the 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 thing about police procedurals that I love so much is that they are predictable. They do the same thing every time. It's fun to watch them cuz I know what's going to yeah. happen. Like that. No, I great. I do
0: too. I love I love Law & Order Criminal Ten. I love Vincent D'Onofrio. Like
1: Oh, and I just saw today, today the... that they're releasing a 21st season all of a sudden of Law & Order. Right. Uh Law & Order Prime, which like <laughs> get me delivered on board delivered with that.
0: straight to your door in less than 2 days. I will one
1: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's Law & Order. Uh, People who do not subscribe to Prime are now the the suspects. Uh, No, like, yeah, like, you know, Law & Order, the original, is getting a new series. And, like, listen, I'm going to watch it. Like, I love love original Law & Order. I love watching it. I also agree that it, like, totally manufactures consent for the police and, and, like, tells us that, like, yeah, we should be trusting these people. They're, like, they only have our best interests at heart. And sometimes it's complicated, but they do their best. But, like, the thing is, like, with the problem with games right is they sort of they sort of like speed here's a game term for it they sort of did a speed run past um they did a speed run past uh 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 uh, the idea of mm, tv as or they did a speed run past tv let's say that where like all of a sudden they're they're they were silly and fun and whatever and Immediately, they just become prestige cinema. No, they went
0: went from being completely frivolous to super serious without having like the intermediate part of like yeah, like you said, like the '70s, '80s TV stuff, like stuff like uh, you know Bonanza or um, you know (laughs) or like Hogan's Heroes or like the A Team or you know stuff that or, or like Leave It to Beaver, right? Stuff that's like silly but it has like serious themes, and it just went straight from you know Mario Mario 64 kind of shit to Grand Theft Auto 4. Well, I mean Grand Theft Auto's, right. actually Grand Theft Auto's progression I think does illustrate well, that quite I mean, well City, because I would it's,
1: say, like it's a pretty it's a fairly like obvious turn from like oh like we can we can mess around with this like outlaw thing and do like do more intense stuff with it. Well, but um, it's but like the leap is
0: so incredible because like like so I'm not counting 3 because I think 3 as a story is virtually non-existent. <laughs> but but grant so Vice City is literally just hey Ray Liotta beat Henry Hill but also Miami Vice and it's very silly and and the show Miami Vice is not actually like that the show Miami Vice actually is very much straddles that like sometimes
1: silly sometimes serious well but like, like Ma- it, Magnum I, one of my one of my pet pro, pet things is that Magnum PI does that like Magnum yeah. PI is like the show that I've seen that is most serious about um, PTSD. Like, right. <laughs> like it no, is extremely it, serious. Miami Vice does
0: that too. And, and I was shocked when I actually like sat down and watched, because for, for a while I watched just episodes of Miami Vice cause on Netflix. um, I was shocked at how serious and like how dark a lot of those episodes were. And it was still like, there's still fun moments. I mean, I, I love to keep telling people that there's an episode of Miami Vice where Kramer or where Bill Russell, former, mm-hmm. Celtics legend um, murders Kramer, Cosmo Kramer, like on a boat.
1: I can't I believe that Bill that. Russell did that. That's a
0: that's a thing. Bill Russell plays a crooked judge, who murders a bookie played by Michael Richards, and it is incredible. And that's actually a meant to be a serious episode, but it can't be because it's Bill Russell shooting Kramer. Like, this, right? Yeah, that's this just, yeah, that's. <laughs> but that's
1: Bill Russell trying to become Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> like people being like, "I'm sorry, as, like you guys are totally well. like both incredible legends at basketball, but only Kareem can be an acting legend too." I'm sorry. No,
0: and uh, only only um, the only. Uh, at, you know, uh, ad, ad, athlete from that era who can be a successful actor is O.J. Simpson. Um, <laughs> Uh-oh. Haven't, seen him, haven't seen him in a lot of films lately, but I'm sure it's a, a good
1: little weird. We're we're working on it, you know. So, um,
0: but anyway, but yeah, no,
1: I, I so, think, yeah, I think you're right. To,
0: like to go back to yeah, yeah. Grand Theft Auto though, it's like okay, and then San Andreas is much in the same way, although it takes its cues, you know, from Training Day and like the West Coast shit. But then it jumps to Grand Theft Auto 4. Which, nothing about that game really is silly. It's extremely dark. It's extremely dour, and I think it's a great game, but it's, like, impossible to replay, right? Because it's mm. just, like, so... It, it's so depressing, and, like, the themes are so negative, and I think it 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 works in the sense that it's, like, it has a lot to say, and I think it does it well. But it's such a huge jump, and actually, like... You would almost expect if those were like a logical projection or a progression, like Grand Theft Auto 5 should actually be between three or between like San Andreas and four. I see what you're saying. Yeah, because sure. five actually does is sometimes serious says sometimes serious things, but it's also very silly. There is very little that's silly about Grand Theft Auto 4, um, and it I think that really um it, it was like when they sat down to make Grand Theft Auto 4, they were very clearly like. We're trying to make *The Departed*, or we're trying to make, um, you know, any of those kinds of movies or TV shows, where right. like there are no good guys. Um, protagonists have to do horrible things to get by, and the end result is their brother, their cousin gets murdered. Right? Like, there's, there's, it's, it's very much like going straight for that. This is all, pres- you know we're going to tell a prestige thing, and yeah. I think that, you know, when you have a genre, especially in, like, in, in role-playing games where you have to tell stories in a way that makes you a cop, and then you're going straight to, like, that prestige role, like, that's that's where you just end up, is is telling, there's really no room to to do other types of stories unless... You're like a real outlier, like Kojima, where you're. Ba- and Kojima's like the, a- like we said before the, the the podcast, Kojima's like the A24 of games. Like he just gets to do his own thing, and right, yes. it's like we're just accepting, like, okay, you're great. Um, everything you do is gonna sell, so we're gonna let you be weird. But like, and that's the other thing too that I think with games that doesn't apply necessarily to like TV and, and movies. You can make a movie cheap and still tell pretty much whatever story. You want to tell with the same amount of gravitas as like a triple A movie, as like a big blockbuster movie. And really, when right. we think about high budget movies, we don't actually think about those stories. High budget well, movies... blockbuster,
1: yeah. Blockbuster has never like outside of maybe like a period of time in like I don't know, either the like golden like early age of Hollywood or yeah. the seventies, like. Blockbusters were never understood as as like actual storytelling devices. Right, like high budget.
0: Um, high budget is just getting you big explosions and that stuff. Right, but if in, anything, it's a pejorative. Right, but in a game, if you want, you know, going back to Mass Effect and, and how well it does act, voice acting and gravitas, that's all expensive. And if you you can only yeah. make those kind of games if you're Electronic Arts or if you're Bethesda, right? Like. It's sure. very yeah. hard. I'm not gonna say it's impossible, but like I tried playing Undertale, and I know people love Undertale. No, no, I'm I'm not in on Undertale. I'm I bounced not off that. I bounced off that so hard because I'm just like there's. I the, it sounds weird. The music is weird. It's
1: it's it <laughs> a shame. Weird. I like Undertale. I, like it's just not for me. Okay, it's just not for me. And, but uh, like so, I I think I think that's a that's a fair point. I do think there's like there's a there's an element of there's an element of like of confirmation bias when it comes to, you know, when it comes to uh, um, independent independent games, indie games. Right. Where like the 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 confirmation bias is I'm not going to like this. Right. Because I've played other indie games and I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to single you out because like this is this is absolutely something that is true of many people. Um Where, wherein like it's not entirely untrue that like there is a certain like patina of of what what we can expect in in, uh in these games uh that like exists in you know your undertales or your pixel games or whatever but on the other hand it's also not it's also not true that like all these games are the same and i think one of the reasons we think they're all the same is because we're used to the sort of similarities and uh and um uh, I don't know how to say it, like the the kind of um, homogeneity of um, of AAA games at this point, which is like, okay, so if you're playing a AAA game, here's what it's going to be like, um, and like I, I that's a shame because like there's there's a lot of there's a lot of room for AAA games to be different, but as they cost more, they can't really take the same risks, right? right. So like Undertale can take a risk. And say, like, all right, well, we're going to alienate some people, right? Like, we're going to alienate Nick. Yeah. Um, Nick's not going to play our game. But we don't need the Nick market. And, and honestly, I still bought
0: the game, so they won. <laughs> they got I, the, I, yeah, I right. bought it on GOG for, like, five bucks. So, I mean,
1: yeah, they got like, what they the thing is, for me. That, but that's a great example. Like, the, the fact that it was on GOG for five bucks means, like, okay, like, enough people bought this that, like, you know, it's now something that we can sell on sale. Um and like you know the the argument there is like, well, we don't need these people because we we did a you know we were able to make a cheap game, right like we made you know it, it probably still like you know what it what it didn't cost the money, it cost an effort, and Toby Fox did like a ton of work, and you know, like I' would certainly not try to take that away from him, but like the the fact is like undertale doesn't cost as much as mass effect like it it just it just doesn't right um and that's not a bad thing. But it is a bad thing if we if we seed the uh, and I'm not saying you're doing this. I want to be perfectly clear. I'm not I'm not saying you did this by not liking Undertale because that's the <laughs> well because that's the other that's the other thing. That a lot, happened, a lot right? of under,
0: Undertale heads listening right now like get his ass, Curious. Trav. Get him.
1: Get him. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like, but like I mean that's the thing right where it's like it's not it's not a matter of of finding of like of of saying like okay like well you didn't like this one game which means you you are the enemy. Um, it really is much more about like, you know, like the the fact that that um, indie games are are held to this version where like okay, so you didn't like this one game, then you aren't gonna like these other games, or like let me put it differently, that every game that isn't typical, right, like every game that isn't a Mass Effect or like uh you know isn't like a, a BioWare kind of like ability tree action RPG or um, a uh, a version of like a military shooter or whatever right is an indie game or like oh, this is like one of those other games like I don't know if this is gonna be for you like this might not be whereas like a lot of games like um visual novels and 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 uh and like you know experimental games and and all sorts of stuff that like really really chart their own course are doing it such that in such a way that like you you're you're kind of like um missing out if you're not playing them. And so many people aren't playing them because they are just all lumped into the same kind of corner. And like, as much as we can't really expect mass effect to do anything different because of the limitations surrounding, um, its production, uh, which is to say it has to make a profit or else Bioware goes under. I mean, you saw, you know, I don't know if you saw, but you you did. I don't know. I was going to say everyone, I don't know if everyone saw, uh, but you know, this is, that's what happened when Bioware released Anthem. It, Right, didn't work and Bioware basically like went out of business almost like it's not there isn't a lot of room for there's not a margin for error with these big games because they cost more than most blockbuster movies I mean you right. know outside of say your marvels or whatever um but as a result you know we we lose out on as a result the successes are wildly popular and the things that don't look like those games rapidly lose interest and and so like you know the the world of like visual novels is is largely occupied by people who um who like are like dismissed by as like anime people or whatever like oh it only weaves like this or whatever sure whereas like you know i was saying before the the silver case um which is one of uh if you know suda who did no more heroes and um uh killer 7 uh and uh, uh yeah those are those are the ones people mostly know him for um it's a brilliant it's a brilliant critique of police of the police, of like of of uh, governmentality, of like it's it's like I can't say enough about this game and because it is it's a game that you read essentially, um and, and don't actually play, uh, it is um like it's a, a game that not a lot of people are gonna gonna pick up. And so like I don't know, like this that's this is a long winded way of saying, um, on some level, I don't think you can ever not have a big blockbuster game that isn't manufacturing consent because once you stop manufacturing consent, you alienate a big part of your audience who <laughs> right, you've lost really all the people.
0: You've you've yeah. really you've you've lost all the people whose consent has
1: been manufactured. Like you're right. you've you're lost, dealing with the right dealing with a finished project. Watch the FBI on. Uh, well, it's, it's, CBS it's not or even
0: whatever. yeah. It's just like it's like it's a finished product, and I, and I think that's something that art really has to wrestle with. With any form is like you might be wanting to say something, but I think the media really struggles with this. I think if if you're and as much as we like, will shit on like the new york times or the washington post or really any form of media i love doing um Um. uh, believe me i'm not saying don't do that but i I think (laughs) at a certain point you know the 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 tipping point is always you manufacturing consent is an ongoing process but in a lot of ways the people you have are especially people who are basically over the age of you know, 30 have already made up their minds about everything that they're going to make up their minds about. Like, you're dealing with the finished product and you're selling to the product of this manufacturing. And I think what what is really, what really hamstrings the gaming industry in a way that doesn't these other mediums is that um, you can't, you know, uh, with Undertale, like, the things that I didn't, the The reason why that didn't hook with me has nothing to do with its mechanics or what it's trying to do. It's simply the fact that I thought it looked ugly, and I right. didn't like the way it sounded, and I just wasn't inter- interested. And And in fact, most games I play now, any new game that I'm playing, I, I want to play the Death Strandings and the Mass Effects and the Wolfenstein New Orders and the games that, in Doom Eternals, games that have big production values yeah, because great. it's fun, and I don't want to, if I want to play something that's a little bit less, that's a little pared down it doesn't have that, I'll play, like, you, Europa Universal, so I am going to stare at a map for a while.
1: Right. Because right, that's
0: right. not a narrative, and I'm doing something completely different. But, like, if I'm going to be let along a story, like, I want the bells and whistles, I want to have, I want to have, like, a voice actor who sounds, I want Jennifer Hale there. Um, I want Martin fucking Sheen in the game. I mean, it's fucking cool that Martin <laughs> Sheen plays a character in Mass Effect. Like, that's great. Um, and that's just not something you can get if you're doing... Like, if, if you want that experience... Like, the most transgressive you're going to get, basically, is when, you know, the, like, Wolfenstein 2 is, like, putting in these little digs at like, modern society... Like in these news right. clippings, and they
1: are they are very much little digs. I think you're right to point that out. Where like, you know, this is a critique I have of, of like Wolfenstein, and again, like it's it's a it's a very couched critique because I think Wolfenstein is a fun game and like totally good and like enjoyable. But like also, if you if you hope Wolfenstein is gonna like change society. um Right, it's really bad news. For it's you. at times it's
0: at times more radical than a lot of games that treat that subject matter, but are still very clearly pulling punches. Like like even yes. the idea of like in Wolfenstein 2, you know, I think developing it around you know leading a new American revolution where the revolutionaries are the stand-ins for like the Black Panthers and like Bolshevik anarchists. Mm-hmm. Like it's still pulling so many punches by taking very obvious routes i mean first of all the the leftist anarchist part of it is happened so late in the game there's like no development of it (laughs) at all i mean whereas you know the character of grace like yeah like that part is done well the character of grace is great but also it it Plays a lot of very obvious notes that you have to be like a completely deranged fascist to disagree with. Like when she's saying, like, yeah, well, you know, the whites just rolled over to become Nazis because they just love, you know, love oppressing black people because it's the '40s or the '50s. Like, yeah, we we did. Like this, this is like you would have to be (laughs) like, you know, ninety percent of the country is going to agree. Like, yeah, that's actually a fair rating of America in, in the forties and fifties. So like, you're not doing anything necessarily transgressive when you do that. Um, and so you have to. But it's transgressive
1: because, I mean, you, you look at like the way that diversity, um, initiatives are treated in places like where I live where like, yeah, you know, the, the whole, the whole idea is like, Hey, like, don't make me feel bad for who I am. Like I'm white and that's okay. Like, don't tell my kid that I, that they can't be white. And it's like, ugh, right. this—that's <laughs> a—that's—that's sh- like—that's not good. Um, <laughs> uh, but like, you know, that's that's where we're at, where it's like, you know, in Tennessee, they're saying like, well, we don't want you teaching anything that makes anyone feel bad about their race, and so like, they, they're only saying that because they don't want to teach people like about slavery, and so like, you right. know, the 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 element of that is like, you know, it again goes to like, it goes to the point that we were talking about with, um. With like the with Mass Effect, where like you're you're dealing with such a broad group of people that now if you were making a Mass Effect, you'd be like, well, geez, like I can't like if we touch the third rail of race on this one, is it going to be good for? Our, it, it's like the um, oh, I can't remember who did it. It's uh, it's someone I follow, so I like I, I feel bad, but uh, that great tweet where where uh, it, it's just I, I know Felix had one like this too, but it's like uh, it, it, I don't think this was his, but it was like economics is when I point at this line and, and and uh and say like this is the part where it's more profitable to let you die. Like it's mm-hmm. it's like, you know, that's the that's the idea that's going on here where Mass Effect does to say like, ugh, we touched the third rail of race here. We're gonna alienate X amount of gamers well, and, that's and why... energize X amount of gamers. Like well, what's it that's... gonna
0: be? Well and that's why and that's why they, they, they tell the stories that they tell. I mean they they do a good job of digging into some very um relevant themes but they do it in a completely oblique way because Mm -hmm, the way it actually portrays the earth human military is just this very flat like oh yeah this is just they're all they all speak english and they're all americanized and westernized and yeah there's a black guy and there's some indian uh there's some indian characters in it and there's probably some asians that i can't remember but i'm sure they're there but like they're they're very much not willing to touch that. They're just gonna say, Well, in the future this is what um this is what Right, they
1: do the Star Trek thing. Yeah, easily. this is what Earth government. what
0: <laughs> Earth government is gonna look like in the future and it's fine and don't worry about it, we're telling these other stories. And then when it wants to comment on race, um it talks about um aliens. It talks about like the like the interplay of the aliens and like um right. though like like the Asari feeling themselves superior because they look nice and they have psychic powers um you know and in this other race stand-in is like brutish and strong so everyone's afraid of them but like they that's how they're going to tell that story you know they're going to talk about genocide in the context of um a context of you know the quarians trying to finish off the geth because they're afraid that they got they're going to finish them off and vice versa right. like that's
1: how right. that's how we're going to do that um, yeah, and that's and that's enough. Like it's enough it's enough plausible deniability. Like also I mean like you know, if you right. wanna if you wanna put if you wanna put Wolfenstein on, on the same page, like BJ Blaskowitz is is enough plausible de- deniability to say like this isn't an anti white game. We have like look at the protagonist. He's like a white Aryan guy. He just right. like no and they, they he, even, he likes to stand up for people. Well, no, and they even
0: like play both sides of that too because when he's when when in in the new order, um, you meet um, Irene Engel on the train, and she's like, "Wow, look how Aaron you are!" And then you find out in Wolfenstein Two that you're Jewish,
1: oh you're right, Polish
0: <laughs> Jew, like right, and right. It's like, oh God, can you believe that this, that these, that the Nazis actually thought you were, you you were one of them when you were actually the intervention. But like, but that's it. Like that, there's not there's not much to, to say. Like he doesn't otherwise he doesn't look jewish i mean i'm not well yeah and that's i'm not, not, that's I'm like not how... trying to expect them to to make it a stereotype but the fact is is they've designed blaskowitz to look aryan for right a and reason. like the
1: the point the point is like with wolfenstein you get to you see a different thing at play it's the same thing at play in mass effect but it's 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 balancing those scales so that you can say okay like we totally want to appeal to this base of sort of like lefty gamers that we think exists, that would be like super into kind of a subversive shooter. Right. But we want to make our mechanics good enough that anyone who's sort of like out, you know, anyone slightly to the left of like slash V right. Um, <laughs> right. on it, it is going to say like, yeah, are a pretty good shooter. I don't really read words like when they come on video games. I don't. I don't really care. Right. The only um,
0: the only person Wolfenstein is willing to alienate is like a avowed alt right like neo Nazi, which is of yeah, course, and, like, fine.
1: Like no one's it, and even even from a even from like a marketing standpoint, it's fine because they say, you know what, that's probably going to get us some like articles. Like yeah, <laughs> people are going to want to write about
0: this. But of course, you know, that is as much as is we on the show have talked about America being fascist there's still the difference between you know the the the, the smaller portion of the country that's like i'm i want to march at charles at, at uh, charlottesville and yes. like it's still it's still you can still sell games you can still move units by saying i'm not going to get that demographic um,
1: right you know, and it's I, like, I'm going to assume like, people want to i mean I don't think I don't I don't I'm not I'm not so I'm not down on 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 um, on Wolfenstein as much as I am down on people saying that Wolfenstein is like, you know, like, here's the political game we deserve. Like, this is this is finally it. (laughs) like No, there is like there are much more daring games happening. Like, this is like a totally good shooter. And like, I like that it took this these politics like that's good. But like, you know, I would say Wolfenstein also probably recognize the Bethesda, excuse me, recognizes that like, Hey, look, like there are people out here who would probably really appreciate from a, like using their dollars to vote kind of way that um, we're willing to say we're not uh, interested in these avowed alt-right people. (laughs) And like the the gamble paid off, right? Like the gamble paid off. But also at the same
0: time, like everyone you fight, in Wolfenstein is a Nazi and is a German yes. Nazi, right? Like in Wolfenstein right, two, yes. you're doing, it's not that there. you're right. doing, you're doing civil, you're trying to spark civil war, civil insurrection in the United States. But every single person you fight, I, I think the only person you kill in that game that is not German is there's a judge and it's a dream sequence, but like the judge <laughs> in the dream sequence is white. You know, he's mm-hmm. like the collaborator judge and he you break out of and in, in kill him in the, like that courtroom scene but it's a dream sequence anyway right. um but every other everywhere oh no i forgot there's also like you can go back and like kill the kkk members in, in roswell i forgot about that part but again they're, oh, K, cool. they're literal kkk members they're literally dressed up in hoods in right. And uh, you, so. you can
1: say that about like, I think I think Mafia three is a, a really interesting game in this way, because it makes you it, like the mechanics of the game were I mean, here here's here's the here's the theory in action. Right. That mm-hmm. game was not as well remembered as um, Wolfenstein, despite being uh, more openly controversial and uh, more sort of like interesting from a left perspective no well um, no
0: mafia 3 goes for the throat on that stuff it doesn't it actually doesn't pull punches and it's willing right. to just come out and have people call you the
1: n-word and you, but the gameplay them. wasn't as good but okay. yeah was the gameplay wasn't <laughs> right. as good
0: Though so, so people don't game, remember right yeah.
1: like that's that's the magic of AAA a games if you can make it good enough you can sneak stuff in but it's it has to be good enough and also not controversial enough. Like even Mafia Three, right? Like it does not pull punches and represents that period of time in history really clearly. But it is not—you're not in modern day America in that game, unless I'm misremembering no, it, it, right? It's, like, it's, yeah, it's like no, it's, it's like, the like 60s yeah, or 70s Vietnam era. You're you play yeah, in yeah. Vet who's, Which who's like I mean bad. that that's an uh, an era of time we're willing to say like yeah, that's that's the past. Like well, and it's, boy, it's wasn't New it Orleans,
0: bad. so you can be like you know uh, you can sell that in the Northeast And the West coast. Like, look how these, look how these racist Louisiana Hicks were right in the sixties. Right.
1: Yeah. So I think like, I think ultimately what it comes down to not to, you know, like I, I I realize I'm, I'm leading as far afield and I'm sorry for that. But like, you know, what it comes down to ultimately is just that, yeah, like these games have to move units and um, ultimately they're going to find a way to straddle the line. And like that, doesn't mean that we can't make interesting stuff out of it. It doesn't mean that like, and I think, I think, you know, through all of this, like we've said it almost apologetically, but like, I loved it. I like, I didn't play mass effect three, but I loved mass effect one and two. Um, I loved playing them. I had a great time with them. I would say mass effect one was one of the first games I, I played after like not playing games for a while. And it was great. Mm-hmm. Like I, I had a blast. Um, And yes, the story in mass effect two is better. It's more nuanced. There's like super interesting stuff. I think the quarry and stuff is like, actually fairly, fairly interesting and, and, and emotionally effective if you play it the right way. Tali is a, or Tali is a super cool character. Um, but like, ultimately like that interesting stuff has to be also read with the idea that like, yeah, there's going to be a limit though. If they're, if they have to make back that much of their money, there's going to be a limit. And, and I think like understanding that and viewing it from a, oh, here you go. Here's a Trotskyist, uh, uh, perspective. (laughs) View, viewing it as like not sufficient but perhaps interesting despite not being sufficient right like that that's a that's a good way to approach these games i think because like and, and and a way that is not particularly popular because we we have an urge uh particularly on like when we're doing like criticism on twitter or whatever and i'm not trying to malign people who do criticism on twitter it's more just like you know the the way that we understand criticism to work on Twitter is such that, you know, get your point out fast, make it controversial, make people excited. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a result it it is, it is either, you know, this is good or this is bad and not to say everything shades of gray, but to say like, you can say this is bad. And right. Like sure. you can say like this game doesn't do the right thing, but here's one interesting thing. And that's like a much more interesting analysis and where I think people need to go with stuff like mass effect or, Um, Wolfenstein or or any AAA game say, like, yeah, look, like, here's where it didn't quite, like, do enough. Like, here's where I think maybe, like, we didn't quite get enough out there. But, like, look, like, we can recognize where it failed. But, like, let's recognize, like, there are, like, X, Y, and Z interesting things in here if they they are, Mm -hmm. in fact, in there. Or if they aren't there,
0: like. Why? Why are they not in there? i like, why? Right. You know, what 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 leads to the, the the deficiency, and like, why? What what what's why is this decision made to omit this? Um, and and what is the game trying to tell you with what they put in? Yeah, exactly. So just to, to kind of wrap this up, because we're coming up on two hours now. Um, ah, the magic number. You know, so I think we've kind of diagnosed like the, a, a lot of the reasons why. RPGs tend to be cop simulators and why Mass Effect in particular is, like, the ultimate cop simulator. But is there a way, outside of Kojima being weird, like, is (laughs) there a way to make, like, AAA RPGs or adventure games where you're telling a compelling story and you're giving people compelling things to do, but it's not cop shit? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I mean, I think... I mean I guess I guess that's a silly question when I just said there's a guy doing exactly that but like yeah but Kojima I mean, is almost like his own thing where it's like if anyone else was trying to do what he did I don't think it would ever like like any other game maker you're like I'm going to make a uh, I'm I'm going to make a us. Delivery simulator in post-apocalypse. I'm like, I'm like, that wouldn't work. In fact, I don't even think I knew what Death Stranding was about when I. think I was actually surprised. I think I actually actually surprised when I played it, and I was like, oh, you just deliver packages. I had no idea that's what this game was about.
1: Well, and I think like you know like, Kojima an interesting example because he, um, like I I think I think Metal Gear Solid is is more nuanced than this, particularly. Uh, Metal Gear Solid One and Two, which I think are like very, very smart. But like, you know, listen, these are military shooters, <laughs> like, right? Can... Like he he and, earned and it. He, he, he earned yeah. it
0: trotting like trotting well worn ground and just doing a pretty good job
1: of it. And there's there's like there's a million like the 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 standard take on on Metal Gear Solid is that like whoa these stories don't make any sense, but they sure are fun to play, like the stories do make sense. They totally make sense, but they're not stories that we hear a lot. And they're not like particularly uh, illustrative of like things we want to illustrate. And so as a result, we just say like, well, these aren't real. Like there's no story here. It's no, just like I a, definitely think, shooter with I definitely a bad think that's
0: story. A big th- that was a big part of kind of what I took away from Mass Effect 2 when I played it a long time ago. And what a lot of people took away from it is this doesn't make sense because the themes that he's talking about that he's, Portraying are not things that I believe are themes, or like I don't believe that they should be yeah. themes. Like, if I were to, and I haven't played that game in a very long time, but if I bet if I went, I played it, I mean, when did that game come out? Because I remember playing
1: it. Oh, uh, 1999, I think, is when that game came out. Yeah,
0: I played it right when it or came out. Or 2002,
1: maybe? I'm, 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 I might Probably be missing
0: yeah. yeah, early 2000s, and I was not of the mindset to really understand half of what was going on in that game. And I'm sure if I played it now, I would have that in a totally different light, but there's, that's definitely an element of like, um, if you don't, you, it won't, it won't make sense to you if you're not already picking up on where he's going with it or the themes. Right. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And like, I think, you know, it, it is, he was, there's, there's an element of being in the right place at the right time. Like, you can imagine a, a world where that didn't quite work, and it's just like you look at the Metal Gear Solid games in the same way you look at Parappa the Rapper, where it's like, <laughs> that was really cool what they did there. I wish they got a little more leeway to do it. Shame it didn't sell any better,
0: right? Like uh, but, I wasn't expect of all the games you could have named there, I was there not expecting Parappa the Rapper.
1: Come on, Sony, make a third. Um, but... Yeah, I think like, you know, like the, the thing about the thing about Kojima is he was able to parlay that into like his own studio and he s- took some risks there and it ended up working out like, you know, good for him. That's that's great. Um, he is a special case and, and in a lot of ways, like he sort of exists as like, you know, the, the the sort of like David Lynch guy where it's like, oh, hey, like, you know, you are you, you know, you're the guy who gets to have big budgets and do weird stuff like we 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 we'll let you do that.
0: The weird, he's the weird he's the A24. He's like you yeah. get to do the prestige thing to balance out the eight Marvel movies Yeah, wrote. you're the
1: Safties, right? Right, exactly. And so like I think I think yeah, he you're absolutely right to ask the question even though he exists cuz he's not replicable, right? Like his whole his whole deal is like he literally Lucked into a situation where people are like buying into the fact that he's an author, even though like autorism in video games is like completely impossible. Um, but I think like I, I don't know. Like I, I think there is, I think the template probably for doing. Oh, here you go. Here's a here's a here's a no doubt positive thought. Um, I think the template for doing AAA work in uh, like interesting AAA work in video games is uh, recent uh, CRPGs. Like okay. um, like I, I, I will say the pillars games are, are interesting this way just because they're very complicated and like don't pull punches either in the gameplay or the story. So they're sort of like they're existing on their own level. But in in, in some ways, like I think, you know, politically speaking, um, they're like fairly standard fantasy fair. Um, I don't think they intend to be anything else. I don't think that's an insult uh, to say that <laughs> I, I think they're, you know, fairly exceptional games. But uh, you look at something like uh, uh, Disco Elysium, right? Which um, is a fascinating game because it it definitely ups it definitely takes a leftist bent, but it is so like particular that it like made certain people irritated because it it critiqued communism and some or it critiqued the USSR because it was made by like former Eastern Bloc people, like it it took shots at people uh, things people didn't want it to take shots at. It really was like you know a thing where it had politics that you were likely not to willing to agree with the whole way through uh you know i'll say that but like then also politics you do agree with and it was different right it's not a triple a game but it is i will say a game that is being responded to in the way a triple a game does and if we're sort of getting to a point where story-based games can be um told in that way again like the sort of like You know, we're we're using not sprites, but we're using a kind of palette of characters that allow us to kind of focus on the narrative instead of the graphics. But it still looks good and people like to play it. I think that's where where the where the kind of like the idea of, hey, we're willing to tell this risky story uh, comes. Um, But it's a it's a knife's edge because the the instant one of those is made that is like deeply unprofitable. Everyone's going to going to turn tail.
0: Right. What about what about on a mechanics level though? Um, because I think part of oh, this too, yeah. in, in you know, to to go back earlier in the episode, I think part of it too is not just the narrative of what you want to tell and how much that is a cop narrative, but also sure. the activities you do being things that represent what cops are being a person who has authority and ability to use um, force but has also the power and authority to resolve problems. And it's like that's something that just is just too wrapped up in the simple fact that to give for a game to give you something to do, it has to give you the power to solve a problem or to resolve a situation, and just the people in our lives who have that power are almost all cops.
1: Right. I think I think honestly like you're not going to change the fact that most of these games are going to have to rely on on the genre convention of police. I mean just look at like look at science fiction, right? Like Yeah. This is a much older genre and I would say it still is predominantly about People who can either be like loosely defined as cops or generals, or explicitly defined as cops right, or generals. right. It's either really a, a get cop it, or a
0: soldier, that, but... and then like really the only difference is the place, the setting that you're placed in, right? You know, like right.
1: And there, will always be like sci-fi is a rich, a rich uh, genre, and there's always like complications to that. But like it is, it is a way that like yeah, okay, we're we're dealing with still kind of the same archetypes. Um, it gets around these things by like its own subversions and, and sometimes for good and sometimes not so good, but like, I would say, you know, you probably have to focus on the idea. So, uh, there's a book I'm, I keep, I haven't finished it and I, I should, uh, listening to called, um, Hyperion, which is a sci-fi novel that like a million people, including the good folks at Podside, um, uh, told me to read and like, um, it's interesting. And part of the reason it's interesting is because like, it is really a doomed narrative. Like you don't get the feeling anyone's going to get what they want in the end. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, and that includes like, you don't get the feeling anyone's going to live through the story um, to, to, to its end. But the, the interesting thing about that, of course, is like, then you kind of lose that sense of what do I do to get the, the good ending? Um, Take near automata, for instance, right? Um, There's a, there's a bunch of endings and, you know, you keep going through them and some are better than others, but ultimately in the end, the final ending is basically the choice you get in the last ending is, do you do something selfless or do you, uh, do you do something selfish? And, you know, you choosing that is, is kind of just like a, a purely personal choice and it, it you know, yeah. you kind of have to live with it and neither choice feels particularly good. Cause if you take the self selfless route, you lose all your, um, save data. Like, yeah, it goes away forever. You, you, you have to delete it. it. The game deletes it as a matter of mechanics. Um, and like, I think if games gave us fewer choices that felt good, right? Like I, I accept that branching, branching narratives are here to stay, whether I like it or not. But if games gave us choices where like there wasn't anything that felt good and they just kind of like felt equally fraught, but still told the story around that. I think that would be great, and like I think that's what Disco Elysium does, because uh, you do play cops in that, you play detectives. I I think it's what Near does um, to, to 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 great extent. I think it's like what most of the I think it's what Death Stranding does, right? Like there are mm-hmm. choices in that game that feel like good, like um you know anything that has to do with helping uh the baby, right? Like right. <laughs> I think I think that feels good, but like there are other sections where like you can't make a choice that feels good and i think that is much more interesting than giving you like a paragon renegade option where the paragon option feels like okay i'm a good person right now like i'm doing the right thing right so i mean honestly we could even though it's late i could
0: carry on this conversation for another two hours if i wanted to but (laughs) i think this is probably beyond the limit of a, a you listen, are
1: you are a kind guy a listenable
0: um, episode so <laughs> um i think we're gonna end it here um all right and i want to thank you very much for coming out i had a blast oh yeah no totally this, this is my pleasure this is a lot of fun actually i I had a great time i would um i would absolutely love to come on nor- no cartridge at some point please um, yes no 100 percent you have to so let me know when uh when is convenient for you and i will hop on and we'll we'll come up with something Oh, um,
1: yeah, you'll have to you'll have to talk to me about uh how you play 4X games cuz I
0: still haven't quite figured it out. <laughs> I would love to do I would I would love to do an episode on on Paradox games even though I'm pretty sure you've already done one, but
1: I have. It's been a while. It's been a while, and I have probably do it better,
0: on, so. And there's new stuff. There's, there's Victoria a lot in, 3 after. There's all, a lot so. of new stuff. Oh god, don't even. Like, I never touched the Victoria series because between the other four
1: Oh types yeah, I mean, you of have... paradox
0: games. I don't know how I could ever fit it in. You have your babies, but <laughs> I get it. they're going to come out with Victoria three. I'm going to have to buy it and play it, and I will. I don't know how I can cram any more time into my day. Nick, between... you're almost
1: you're you're almost a married man. This is not a good idea for you. You're no, it's not, it's
0: not. It's not going to get any easier between my job, uh, which requires a lot of hours, and the fact that I'm trying to actively trying to get married. And yeah, and uh, why
1: skate when you get into paradox
0: games? <laughs> she so. doesn't even know. I mean, we haven't, I mean, since it's a since it's long distance, she doesn't even know, she has no concept of the of, of what it means to be a paradox game oh, person because I've kept that, I've smartly kept that aspect of my life. From my oh, heart.
1: you're playing a game that's over in like what 15 20 minutes, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I have to, um, I have to, I have to lead, um. I have to I have to, I have to leave lead Austria through the early modern period of two hundred years. Um so that'll take a while. Um We've I don't know there. I don't know where and then between, you know, and then Hearts of Iron and I don't know where the hell I'm ever gonna be able to cram any time for Victoria Three in, but I know it's gonna happen and I know it's gonna be at the detriment to some much more important and uh <laughs> essential part of my life and it's just that's what's gonna happen. So listen.
1: That that's what it means to be a, a strategy gamer. Is <laughs> to be admit, a true gamer, admit it is to be a to be a true gamer. So that's that's one hundred percent correct. Which is um, all I've ever wanted to be in life. Yeah, well, I I grant you the title. Um, <laughs> not that it's mine to grant.
0: But. As much as anyone else, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna interview Kojima. So.
1: No, oh, yeah, there you go. I'm not either. I, I did, I did have. I, I'll tell you this, just because it's the end of the episode and probably uh, fewer people will hear it, because I don't know whether or not I should. But like, I when at one point uh, there was a brief like instant where kojima's publicist reached out to me because i think she reached out to like a bunch of people who were she was like oh, wow. would you like to interview hideya kojima and i was like yes 100 percent how do we make this happen and that she just like never got back to me like well <laughs> yeah well you know he's easy come easy go as far as that goes I, I mean it's
0: i mean I, the, the the big feather of my cap as far as interviews is i i once i once interviewed uh, kyle bode the uh the driveline baseball guy Ooh, nice that's talked, pretty good and we talked about trevor bauer
1: Did you talk about Trevor Bauer
0: on it? No, we did. That's exactly the whole episode. Wow. This was back when he was on the Indy, I think when he just got uh, acquired by Cleveland, and he was like, he was in the process of making Trevor Bauer into a good pitcher. Wow. (laughs) that's was just, uh, yeah, that was about 10 years ago at least that's maybe, a real that's a quite. real
1: and then what happened moment and, what, and then bauer.
0: And what happened with both of those people because yeah i believe Bodie just got fired by the reds and trevor bauer is being fired by life yeah by so, life itself yeah yeah so um All right. so on well so the good news for you is i didn't trevor bauer is not the one i interviewed so that that fate is not going to befall to you
1: Oh, well, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad to be the Trevor that um, is not <laughs> good. Uh, you're the horrible. good Trevor. Oh, you're talking yeah. to Trevor. <laughs> God, I good. hope. I hope I don't. I hope I'm. I, mean, I hope I'm never. I hope I never do like such such things to be like said in the same sentence as Trevor Bauer. You know, you never. <laughs> You never want to judge a person, but as I am myself, um, I know what I do behind closed doors. It's not that bad. Very it's, little
0: in common. You, I think it's, other than your first name, I think it's fair to say. I think fair. Everyone would I agree. Also, I also
1: am an elite right-hander, so um, that part I have for me as well.
0: I'm not, I'm not going to ask in what, in what way you yeah, are okay. an elite right-hander, that's, but... That's, um, that's a trade-same. So why I don't, don't you sense. why don't you tell oh, why don't you before we sign off why don't you tell the listeners um what things you got going on how they can get oh, how yeah, they can sure. reach you and sure. and and if they if they want to uh, get more Trevor Strunk content
1: oh please yeah no, no thank you um well so um you can listen to No Cartridge that's my that's my podcast uh, No Cartridge audio it's everywhere you get podcasts um I know it's on Spotify now for a while I didn't. Um I wasn't sure if that worked <laughs> I I mm-hmm. I got it on Spotify when it was hard to like not when it was like hard because it was exclusive but because Spotify didn't have good uh like good ways of getting podcasts on it and then they realized it was profitable. Um so I didn't know I didn't know if I succeeded but it is on Spotify it's on you know any other various uh, podcatcher um, and, uh, there's a Patreon, patreon.com slash no cartridge, lots of stuff there, including some, uh, rare, rare tidbits from, from favorites such as, uh, the, the, the Chapo boys. And, um, uh, you can, you can go ahead and listen to, uh, you know, episodes where, um, there's an episode on the, on the main feed where I talk to an indie game developer and, uh, he, uh, <laughs> he ends the episode for me and then we make fun of him on the, uh, On the bonus episodes a little bit later. Um, But, yeah, no, that's fun. And then there's a book coming called Story Mode um, on November 15th. Uh, If you like kind of the conversation we had tonight, I think you will like the book. So uh, give it a look. Uh, The pre-orders are happening now. But you know what they say, uh, the pre-order process is uh, just like the same as the actual order process. It's just it, it never stops. You can always order a book. (laughs) <laughs> um, unless, unless the supply chain stops in which That's case you can right. always order an ebook it, <laughs>
0: it, there's so many ways you can get books these days yeah, they're really, yeah, logistics is no that longer a factor <laughs> so,
1: well, again, well, thank was, you for having me on Nick I really appreciate yeah, it um,
0: come back anytime I don't, you know, we, we talk about other things other than video games most of the time actually this is the only time we've talked about video games so if you ever want to uh, come on and talk about whatever is bothering you in media and consent <laughs> oh, material so um we would we would be happy to do it so um we already got marvel movies out of the way we did so i guess, get marvel movies out I mean, of the way that's not also, my
1: personal there's a lot of people who have also big... have you
0: seen have you seen like the 1998 um denzel washington movie the siege
1: uh i have not okay we that's did we I
0: did just... an episode on that so i would i would that's a that's a banger if you want to watch that movie and is, then listen is, to our episode is, about it is it good is the movie good? I mean, good? it is a
1: 1998 Denzel Washington movie, so I'm assuming it's excellent.
0: Is the movie good? Um it depends on your definition of good. Oh god. Um it's competently made. Um Denzel does Denzel things and that's always nice to watch.
1: Um, uh but politically
0: speaking, you're going to tell me it's not. It's not. not. It's In fact, we've, we 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 did a whole episode about how not good. It wasn't an episode about good. how it was good. Oh. No, believe it or not. Now that's that's an interesting direction I think we should take this podcast though, and I'll run it. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to Nina about it. Is what if we <laughs> if we just did an episode about something that was unquestionably good and that we were happy with, just just to see just to see where we get where we get with that. First step, find that thing. First step, <laughs> first to, to find the one pure work of art or media that we like. Um, it's out there. It's got to be. <laughs> it was like well, it was like when we when I did that guy sucks with connor um my last podcast and we could not find anyone who didn't suck like everyone like we, we tried to pick edge cases and every single time i was like wow well, actually yeah this guy sucks and and ironically enough the one person we found that did not suck was george lucas who i oh. actually expected to suck more than a lot of the other people but as we went through we were kind of like "Eh, you know Personally, he's actually not that bad of a guy. So yeah,
1: he's just a guy. I, I guess I, I've, I've been learning that recently too. It's a weird it's a weird thing to to find out as someone who lived through like the prequels and stuff and assuming like this man hates me in my childhood. <laughs> it's it's, it's, <laughs> it's actually... productive to know that no one hates you in your childhood. He's it's just like it's just... a guy who
0: maybe got a little bit too over this over his skis because he got too much power yeah the- he
1: got too much creative control and wanted to make like <laughs> he already lost. made he already made the lost fortress and he wanted to make like um, the bad sleep well yeah <laughs> got, and, got and, and yeah whomst,
0: whomst among us
1: yeah that's would, exactly right so
0: well again great this was a great time and i, I hope i hope everyone enjoys listening to this yeah. as much as i enjoyed recording it um thanks so much for coming on um i can't thanks recommend no cartridge and all of the related uh, Trevor
1: Strunk work. Um, enough. Um, I was waiting for that. Enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't recommend you listen to this man's work. <laughs> also fair. Ultimate, ultimate
0: twist. <laughs> no! Ultimate twist. That's that's well, that's leftism for you, right? Like, I came on the show to get owned. <laughs> that's, that's that's leftism for you. That's that's the ice pick that you're
1: getting. That's right. Oh, jeez, this intra-leftist conflict. Uh, I tell you. That's right. It's rough out there. So.
0: Okay, enough enough not resolving the episode with bullshitting. So thank you for listening, everybody, and uh, I hope you have a good night. Night.